Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Welcome to The Horror Hangout, a podcast where film fans watch the best and worst horror movies of all time and talk about them. My name is Ben Errington, and today I am joined by a very, very special guest. Will Robson is a UK comic book writer and artist, editor-in-chief of Speech Comics, and co-host of Batman, the animated series podcast. Welcome to the show, Will. Thank you very much for having me, mate. I'm very happy to be here. An old uh, a, a team up of mine on the El Marvo. Yeah. We've worked together in the past uh, on El Marvo. Will drew an amazing couple of covers for for a comic book that um, me and Mister Luke Condor wrote and put out a while ago. So a pleasure to have you on the show and to talk about yeah, some nice of your to... comic projects as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, nice to finally talk to you in person. Yeah, I know. It's been a long, long time. Uh, no Andy this week. He is off on his holidays. Uh, that's all right for some, isn't it? It's all right for some. Uh, but I'm absolutely fine and glad to be to be here with you, Will. And uh, temperature-wise, it kind of feels a little bit like I'm on my holidays. Well, at least my uh, never regions feel like, well, make it that way you will. <laughs> it's, like, it's like being on holiday, but being forced to work. It's terrible. It's like, yeah, hey, it's hot well, weather and you have to work. It's like, oh, great. It's hot weather, but it's almost to the point of hot weather where it's bothersome, you know. It's bothersome. I'm quite, I'm quite a pale, I'm quite a pale man. Me um, too. I, I, and I'm a fat pale man. So anything above fourteen degrees, and I'm done. Fourteen degrees. <laughs> yeah. And you're done. Is no, I, I don't know. Eighteen degrees, I'd say, is my perfect temperature. A nice semi-cloudy eighteen-degree spring day, and I'm oh. in heaven. Now you're talking. Now you're talking, but we're we're almost in autumn. Um, the temperatures dipped a little bit. We're fast approaching October, spooky season, um, which is where. Well, I don't know about you, but I I thrive. As soon as the leaves start falling down, I I could do a little jig, in amongst them. Absolutely. I mean, my I, I'm a Christmas nut. That's my that's my top thing. But Halloween season is like right right below it. So, but what if, just... if you're into Christmas and Halloween, it's good because the, as Halloween starts to end, you're like, oh, I'm a bit disappointed it's ending. But you're like, Christmas countdown's on. Let's do it. 
my Christmas countdown has started like now because I'm a, a, a freak. And then Halloween's this weird like cocktail you have in the middle of it that that goes down very easily. And then like my wife is a Christmas nut as well, and she's 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 like, can we just skip Halloween, go straight to Christmas? I'm like, no, we can't skip Halloween. That's like very important to me. Yeah, you can, but maybe you can start Christmas on November the first. Are you an early decorator? Oh, big time! Yeah, the moment the the like I I love Halloween Day and like I love the trick or treaters and my tradition is I stay home uh for the trick or treaters to arrive. I watch The Simpsons uh Halloween uh what is it called Treehouse of Horrors Treehouse of Horror yeah I have those on and then I I deal with the trick or treaters and then happily go to bed and and then the next day uh i'm listening to christmas music in the shower getting ready for the day <laughs> in the shower so, oh wow oh yeah got the fake snow going were you <laughs> in the yeah, bathroom yep yeah, my dandruff is, is my fake snow so that, that <laughs> i have that going <laughs> oh, that all year round i have that christmas uh <laughs> oh, are you celebrating <laughs> christmas because you're ever so flaky <laughs> no 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 that's just unfortunately yeah. i don't have that problem it's fine um <laughs> I mean, yeah, if I was so... bald, I'd still have that fucking problem. I guarantee you. There we go. Uh, it affects us all in different ways. Um, one thing, obviously, I wanted to talk about from the, from the from the get go is um, outbreaks. Uh, the comic that we the obviously issue one is 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 been and gone. Um, well, I don't mean been and gone. It's still available on Kickstarter. Yeah, no one cares about it anymore. It's gone. What's that? It's issue done. One? Who it's cares? Finished. I've read that one. It's done. I don't remember what happened. I'm joking, of course. Um, but issue one and two are on Kickstarter now. Obviously, a huge success with the first um Kickstarter, and even more so success with the second one. Is that right? Um, uh, we're we are close. I think we're only about forty pounds away right now from equaling the first campaign uh, in terms of funds raised, which is, is amazing. I, I was so scared when it came to issue two, because, you know, people jump in on an issue one and I totally get that. That's the way sales in comics has always worked, but that issue two really proves whether you have something that people are actually interested in or not, because yeah. a lot of people want that number one, because it's the collector's item. Um, but you know, when it comes to the number two, that's, that's when you really, it's the proving ground. And we got, um, I think like six, 60% funded in the first day or something, something crazy, wow. which I can't thank people enough for. Um, and then we were fully funded by day six. And last campaign, we weren't fully funded until I think day 20 or something like that. So oh, wow. that, incredible. So like, and, and the, the thing about Kickstarter is like, yeah, it may be fully funded, but that's like the base level, right? That's to get the book printed, colored and shipped. Which is which is always the goal, right? Like just to make the product and get it out there. That's the whole reason I do this. But the stretch goals is where it gets really exciting because then you can start bringing in new talent to do amazing covers, people that with huge established careers that would be really cool in the zombie fan base. Uh, mm. You get to add more stories to the book. You get to add more merch and stuff. Like I just I love it. Like and I'm I love crowdfunding and I'm really excited about it. I love studying how uh, to get it to work and yeah, I'm just really happy. Generally very happy with it. And that's great, and all, a lot of the stuff just just come out alongside the comic as well, the, like the cards, and I mean, mm. the, just the package I got from issue one was great with the cards and the and the sort of bookmark with the lovely gold foiling on it as well. Um, just feels like a lot of <laughs> effort and and love has gone into it. It just feels, and and again, like as a, as do do you think that the sec the reason the second issue's done so well is as well is because it, it the fact that it's an anthology, because I guess that also means mm. even if you missed issue one, you can still pick up issue two and enjoy it. 
Well, I mean, it's an anthology series. I mean, issue two continues the story of issue one. You know, there's two stories in there that it continues. So I'm not sure if that has anything to do with it. I know one thing is, is that a lot of people who missed the first campaign got really excited when I was printing and signing and doing all that stuff and putting yeah, it together. And they're like, oh, I'm going to come out and for issue two. I, I, I wanted to be a part of it. I just missed it. So that's really cool. Uh, like, I've always been terrible with social media. Uh, and so I'm starting to like learn, like you got to post every day, you got to make content and all this stuff. Like I've never been that type of guy and I'm slowly starting to do it. But, um, yeah, I mean the, the, all the knickknacks, right. For, for a Kickstarter, when I first decided what I wanted to do, because what you want to do is you want to give, you want to essentially, uh, create more income into the Kickstarter. So you have to start creating more merchandise right so that's why i do a bunch of fun variant covers like odes to resident evil uh odes to tom mcfarlane like uh, i'm basically doing everything that like all right yeah. will robson as an eight-year-old what does he want and he's like i want tom mcfarlane and zombies and pokemon cards i'm like great that's who i'm catering to will 90 little 90s will um so that's, that applies that's... to so many so many other people as well like i got super excited about the the like resident evil stuff you were doing the resident evil cover obviously the tom mcfarlane cover uh homage as well um that's awesome i love that well that's great i'm glad other people like the same things i like you know it's it, i'm glad it wasn't too niche of a thing but uh yeah those trading <laughs> cards uh, by the way, I'm glad you said you liked the bookmark and the and specifically the gold because that caused a major printing delay to get that oh, gold no, right. Oh yeah, it caused a three week delay. That's why some people uh, have only received their books in the past week uh, because of that bloody like gold. A, anything that's got like the foil spot ink, uh, whatever you call it, um, on it as well. Mm. I always get excited for that sort of stuff, um, and I think that's what like sets it apart from other things as well. Sometimes I back a lot of Kickstarters. Sometimes you can just receive the comic, which is great, obviously. But sometimes when you receive those extra little exciting bits, and of course, when you've messaged me today saying I was the ATF backer of issue yes. two, which means I'm going to get something. Was it a signed signed print or something? Oh, I loved it. That you're little getting, shot yeah. of dopamine I had. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're getting a, a speech comic sticker. You're getting um, a signed print, and also. Uh, a shiny uh, trading card that's part of the Outbreaks trading card game. I mean, I knew I should have held off for however many days it's been. How many days? What what day are we on now? Uh, I think you're on day like 21 no. or something like that. No, no, 11 oh, or something like that. 11, no, no, yeah. no, it's, no, it's whatever the date is. Day 11. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Because initially I'm like, oh, no, I'm running late. I'm running late. But clearly it, it's worked out for me. It's worked out for me. That's right. Um, so, I mean, where did the idea for Outbreaks come from? Was it just something that you wanted to do to step away from the stuff you were doing day to day and sort of give kick. Cause am I correct in, think in thinking that this is, is, it was your first Kickstarter as well? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I actually started outbreaks back in 2015, 2016, because even though I, you know, my main career is drawing and writing comics over at Marvel, DC, IDW and all that stuff, which I love doing. Um, I, I, writing is my true passion and creating my own content is is what I've always wanted to do. Like I went to film school because I loved Robert Rodriguez and Quentin Tarantino and uh, all these these creators that created, you know, direct, wrote and directed their own stuff. And that, that's what I wanted to do until I graduated and I realized, oh my God, like I can never afford to make a short film, but I can afford to spend my time learning how to actually properly write and draw comics. And that's what I did. So I've always had in the back of my mind, even though at the time I was drawing, I think I was, when I was working on 
Great Lakes Avengers over at Marvel. I was like, I need to start. It's great that I've broken in as an artist, but I need to start taking serious steps to break in as a writer because that's what I really want to do. So I was making good money at Marvel. So I was able to hire Monica McCagney to draw the first three parts of Rotten Luck, uh, which she did an incredible job on. Um, Yeah, yeah, I think her art's absolutely amazing. Um, And that sat on my shelf for a little while because I was like, okay, I've I've got her to do it. And then I actually colored the first two issues myself originally, and they were dog shit. They were so bad. And I was like, I'm ruining this book. Like, so the, the, the I'm good, you know, I'm those pages have been deleted of me coloring. I'm sure people would say, oh, it's not that bad, but you know, the stuff that Cyril's doing is just so much better. So yeah, I sat on that book for a while, and then the pandemic hit. And I was like, I'm never going to be able to pay for this book to be made because my plan was just make it fully yourself and then pitch it around to see if anybody wants to pick it up. And I did send the book to other companies and I got responses being like, oh, well, you know, The Walking Dead, right? Like that's the zombie book. I'm like, okay, well, there can be more than just one zombie book. They're like, yeah, but you know, they did that, right? Like they did like people surviving in the zombie apocalypse. I'm like, yeah, but that's not the point of this book. Like I I made this but even like the Walking Dead TV show understands anthologies because it's going well. Here's a load of other a load of other stories set in the same universe, TV show wise that they're doing. Yeah, and keep doing. So obviously, it doesn't just have to be limited to that, does it? No, you look at something like that Last of Us TV show, and although I wasn't the biggest fan of it overall uh, in terms of the adaptation from the game, you cannot deny that that episode with uh, what's his name from Parks and Recreation, the love story. Uh, yeah yeah it's one of the the greatest zombie stories i think ever and that 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 type of story is like exactly what i want to do with outbreaks is i want to take the zombie trope um and use it as as a common thread of multitude of different stories so you know in my book i have a film noir story that's also a superhero story called dead eye dick which is the backup story in the book which is about uh, a guy who loses his eye during world war ii as a sniper and then eventually he gets an experimental eye transplant and accidentally has a zombie's eye put inside his head so he starts to crave for human flesh and gain zombie superpowers. So that's a, that's an example of not doing the classic, we are in the zombie apocalypse and we are surviving. Yeah. And sure, my main story, Rotten Luck, which is about two guys locked in the drunk tank at the beginning of the zombie apocalypse, and they have to figure out how to break out of jail or they're going to be left for dead in their cells. is more classic and more, I guess, on the lines of Shaun of the Dead. But it's not like we need to... like survive and it's it's all rough it's it's we need to escape from the jail cell like and the shenanigans ensue from that so that's the goal of the book and like in in the future i've got planned a a zombie themed courtroom drama uh a, a zombie uh dog story where it's like from the point of view of a dog um and i and i have a a, non-infected dog right a non-infecting dog, yep, just trying to... It's like Homeward Bound meets The Walking Dead, basically. Oh. Um, it's something, something like this film, which like really subverts the, the rules of of like zombie apocalypse and zombies. It uh, that must have been was this film like um an inspiration for for like some of the stuff you did or was it just something that went into it was a zombie film you're a fan of, so it kind of went into you sort of crafting the stories you did. Funnily enough, I saw this movie after I only saw this movie for the first time, I think about a year ago. Uh, and I fell in love with it immediately because I was just like screaming at the TV, like, this is exactly what I'm trying to do. Like with yeah. my book is like, it just completely takes something that we all know and do it in such a different way. Um, 
and that's that's going to be my goal and i i have no plans on stopping this book i i I, there's a reason why on issue one i have it saying the only ongoing zombie anthology comic uh because i want to keep that word and i'm going to keep it going because look i don't make any money off this book i don't pay myself to write it i don't pay myself to letter it i don't pay myself to draw the parts that i draw i just love zombies so much and i really love this project like it's a true passion project so this is my spare time baby you know like this is what i do in the evenings when i'm done with work or in the mornings before i start work because to me there's not what else would i be doing with my time besides watching another fucking zombie movie so <laughs> it's just great to just like you know I, that's what i love like it's just about creating like i've always been someone that loves to create and i'm so happy i finally sort of got my act together and and actually putting something out there because i'm sure you know there's a lot of procrastination as a creator and you put things together and then you move on to the next project because something starts to become more interesting so it's so nice to finally you know be at the point now where we're, we're going to have two issues out and it's like a real legitimate thing you know i have it right here like it's like this is real. I I made this. This is full of like <laughs> yeah. my work that I yeah. made, and I'm like super proud of that. Amazing. Well, it's good to have. It's good to have an outlet as well. I mean, it's something that obviously you do as 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 you like your day to day job as well. It must be good to have something that you can sort of step away from, focus on something that's completely your own baby, essentially, and and work on it. Absolutely. Yeah. Like I mean that. I, you know, there's certainly stories I've worked on in in my career that I've been like I could do better <laughs> with with this. Uh, and then I was sick of myself always saying that to myself, like, oh, I could do a better job writing the script. I'm like, well, why don't you then, mate? Why don't you <laughs> yeah. go out and, and write a script to make a book? So I finally, you know, gambled on myself that way. That's good, though, isn't it? I mean, just for anybody who might not be aware of the kind of things you have worked on in the, the sort of in the mainstream co- comic industry, can we just talk a little bit about sure. those and what have been your your favorites i guess what we've been what what were like your dreams come true to 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 work on in terms of characters because obviously you've worked on some of the the real big hitters um i'll say that my absolute top was um working with todd mcfarlane when he was writing uh this spawn story and, and i was drawing it and yeah it was a dick and fart joke you know spawn story but to to you know the emailing with Todd. I spoke on the phone with him. You know, I had this guy's art on my bed sheets as a kid. Like he was my hero. And like sitting over here, like I I keep this in my office all the time. Like he made a toy of something that we created together. Like, and it's just like, this is like, I feel like I peaked a little bit because I'm like, even though, like I said, even though it's Dick and fart joke, silly spawn, like I created this with Tom McFarlane. Like I can die happily. Like, it's insane. And I forget about this all the time. Like, yeah. hey, remember that time you actually fucking created something with Tom McFarlane? So, That's okay. uh, yeah, I'm really like That's that okay. to me That's was the honest. best. Um, but besides that, uh, working on the first time I got to work on Spider-Man at Marvel was really great. I got to do a Spider-Man and Deadpool team up. So that was like a double whammy because when I started at Marvel, I was drawing more. I started drawing Star-Lord. So I drew a couple of the Guardians. Um, and then I went off and did Great Lakes Avengers, where I was not really drawing any of the main Marvel heroes, so I didn't really feel like I was in Marvel yet. Well, yeah, Great Lakes Avengers after that, wasn't it? Yeah, because I remember yeah. I remember being in, in Midtown Comics in New York, and I was like, I got to find. First of all, I was trying to find Star Lord, and then I was trying to find Great Lakes Comics, uh, Great Lakes Avengers, just so I. Oh, could, nice. <laughs> just so I could say, I kind of know this guy. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, thank you. I appreciate that. Um, but yeah, so that those were great characters to work on drawing captain america and wolverine as well uh and then i only recently in the past couple of years uh, i was able to go over to dc 
for the first mm-hmm. time. And um, I started out by working on like the DC TV stuff, like the, you know, like the Flash show and all that stuff. But right after that, it was immediately Batman and then the Joker, like just like the characters you just want to draw as a kid that you feel your sketchbook with. So I'm very lucky in that way. Uh, and I love it. But, you know, as much as I love drawing Spider-Man and Batman, nothing beats writing and drawing your own book. Like that's just the best feeling in the world for me personally. And there are people in this industry that all they want to do is draw these characters. And that's totally fine because guess what? Those people produce the best artwork in the whole industry. Your Greg Capullo's, your Stegman's, like they're, they are built for this industry. But I've, I've got to do more than that. I got like, I love doing it, but I, I, I have to create my own stuff. Otherwise, um, I'll go, I'll turn into a zombie myself. You'll turn into a zombie. You'll turn into a Fido yourself. I will, um, yeah. That, that's not so bad. I feel, I kept thinking, ah, it wouldn't be so bad to be a zombie if I ended up being Fido. Well, uh, he has, yeah, he's got a happy ending in, in the movie, right? It is a very happy ending, yeah. He gets to, um, to end the movie smoking a fag and... Smoking <laughs> uh, a fag next to a baby as well. Ma- yeah, married to Trinity and like... I was like, "This, hey, Fido lucked out. This, this hey, is on, this man. looks great." Yeah. So, I mean, before I mean, before we do get into the film, I will just go through a very, a very small bit of horror news and uh, sort of what we've been watching section as well. Um, so, moving on to some horror news for the week. Um, apart from the fact that Outbreaks Two is on Kickstarter, of course, of which we will put the link in the show notes for everybody who likes the sound of a, a zombie anthology comic to go and check it out. I highly recommend it. Um, so yeah, a couple of bits of horror news. Number one, um, very uh, on brand, Twilight of the Dead, Brad Anderson directing zombie movie that began as a George A. Romero treatment is apparently moving forward. So Brad Anderson, director of Session 9, The Machinist, is on board to direct. Um, so yeah, sh- shooting is expected to start later this year. Um and then I didn't really know all that much about this. Did you know much about this, Will? I did know about this. Yeah, he. Um, <laughs> so he had another before he died. He had another treatment he was work on, working on, which was kind of a semi sequel to Land of the Dead, and it was okay. called Road of the Dead. And I don't know what he like. I love George Romero. Day of the Dead is my favorite zombie movie of all time. Um, but the treatment for Road of the Dead is he had zombies driving cars. Uh, and like it was like a bit mad mad maxi and stuff like that and i'm like hey look i'm doing Come weird on. stuff like weird stuff like that in outbreaks is like that sounds like it would be an outbreak story um but yeah so that that was one thing and then before he died he was working on twilight of the dead mm-hmm. and i believe it's something that's being spearheaded by his wife if i'm correct mm-hmm. um uh, i could be wrong though um, because he so, sadly died, I believe, of, I think, lung cancer um, mm-hmm. a few years ago. And it, this was supposed to be, I think, the final sort of chapter in in the, in the Dead uh, series. So it, it, apparently it's supposed to delve into the dark nature of humanity from the perspective of the last humans on Earth who are caught between factions of the undead. Factions of the undead. I wonder what that could mean. Literally factions. Well, um, <laughs> In the Romero universe, the the dead like are evolving, right? Like that's mm. that's the thing. Um, the dead, that was very um very clear, wasn't it? Absolutely, and it was sort of established more in Day of the Dead with Bob the zombie, who's my favorite zombie of all time. Yeah, who was slowly learning to be human again. 
Um, and I've always really liked that about the the Romero universe. And I thought it was really funny in the Walking Dead show, like in the last season, they started doing that as well. Like it was a brand new thing. And I was like, you guys are really late to the game yeah. on this one. Like this is nothing new. Like, like, oh, uh, hang on a minute. Yeah. Uh, so I think if they say factions, then there might be smarter zombies, I would assume. Hmm. Um, I hope they don't get too smart because I the next story of Outbreaks is, is something that kind of has to do with that. So. Oh, it might, it might squander uh, one of my stories. Uh, there was kind of some of the zombies were kind of quite smart. An army of the dead. Did you see that, Zack Snyder? I sadly did see that movie. Yes, <laughs> I sadly did see it. Yeah, um, oh, I don't remember much about it. Maybe that's a good thing. I don't know. I remember being entertained by it enough. Well, that's great for you. <laughs> You're happy for me. Yeah, um, I'm happy for you. Also, uh, the George A. Romero Resident Evil script. Yeah. Um, so there, there's a documentary being made as well. I don't know if you've you've seen about that. Um, I do. Yeah, about the making of it. Um, did you ever Look, read the script? Did I'm, you ever? I'm a zombie nut, mate. I know, like all the zombie news. Like this is great for me. Like I have no outlet to talk to this stuff to anybody else. So it's fun chatting oh, to it. Yeah. So Romero, when they were making, um. Resident Evil 2. He actually directed uh, a trailer for Resident Evil 2, the video game. Yeah, of course. Uh, you can see yeah. it. It was for the Japanese market. And it's brilliant. It's like yeah. Super Romero, but Super Resident Evil. And after the that was made, they were like, hey, let's get this guy to make Resident Evil. Um, and there, I, there is a, a video online uh, on YouTube of someone going through the script and, and telling you what it would be like and it, i i can't remember exactly but i it definitely is not the resident evil we all I, love and know no no it's very, it's very very different um it's been a, been a couple of years but somebody was doing like a comic book adaptation of it and they're putting pages oh, okay. out on patreon so like i saw a couple of those if i remember correctly chris and jill are like in a romantic relationship yes um, that's right i think chris is like on a like the film opens with him on a farm or something like that uh i mean yeah oh yeah of course very very different but i feel like if it had that sort of george a romero flair um because this might be an interesting thing for us to talk about what is your opinion of um the resident evil movies or or even the welcome to the to raccoon city thing as well i think welcome to raccoon city gets too much flat for being the worst resident evil when it really isn't because even though it is not very good there was a lot of stuff in it that I, as a huge fan, Resident Evil fan, just seeing Chris in the mansion sh and shooting zombies in like his classic outfit, yeah. checkmark. Like seeing the Definitely. Raccoon City Police Department checkmark and like liquors, and uh, you get Burke. Is Birkins in that right, or is it like something yeah, similar? Yeah, it's Birkin, isn't it? It's Birkin. Yeah, it's weird because I, I recently thought I'm probably going to go and rewatch it because I saw it in the cinema when it came out, and I haven't seen it since. And even the little screenshots I keep seeing, I'm like, oh, yeah, that was in it. I suppose that is pretty cool. I think maybe I was too harsh on it as well. Um, I, I like think... the itchy, tasty stuff. Like, there's some fan, like, serve, like, not service, but there's, like, some, hey, you like Resident Evil more than the average person. You're going to get what we're talking about here. Is it yeah. good? No, but compare it to the Netflix Resident Evil show. My God, it's a masterpiece. I'm so glad you said that. I Well, I, I say that. I probably... I, I shouldn't have too much of a strong opinion because I gave up after three episodes. Oh well, you well, I, I gave up on episode one, but oh, I did, did watch. <laughs> I did watch somebody uh, review the whole thing on 
brutally review the whole thing on uh, Netflix and say the okay. whole story. Maybe I need and to I was, find that. I was shocked by it. Yeah, there's a guy called John Wolf. He's a very famous YouTuber, and he, and he did a yeah. huge review of um, the Resident Evil show. And it's it goes in some very bizarre places. That's for sure. Yeah, I remember seeing like a so I remember seeing a clip on Twitter of somebody like dancing or something and being like, yes, yes this is in a Resident Evil. Fr- and I'm just like, oh. I mean. For for me, I mean, we could probably do a whole episode about it as well. But um, I think for me, the original Resident Evil movie, the two thousand two, uh, Mila Jovovich, is okay, is serviceable as a zombie film. Um, I don't always think it's great as a as a Resident Evil adaptation. However, I find it more enjoyable because of the the sort of the one location mostly, um, underground lab sort of thing, and in a way, it's kind of it still includes some things that are fan service but as soon as Miljovic gets um like neo powers i checked out i was like this is not correct yeah then they're not good films but i've seen them all and i never hated any of them like i was never like that was the worst thing and like it's (laughs) they're so it's almost like i don't know it's like pizza like it's it's like even if it's (laughs) the worst pizza you've ever had you're like it's all right still like i don't know this pizza is soaked in piss (laughs) yeah. <laughs> they're they're fine they are they're their own thing like and hey when I, I was so hyped when i was a kid to see that first resident evil movie yeah me yeah. and my buddy that like would i he was my resident evil friend i'd go to his house and he'd play resident evil and i would never play it because i was way too scared because zombies were my biggest fear but i loved watching him play it and be like go in that room oh you got the key you need to go back this way and so we Look, played find those two items come on yeah we played uh, Resident Evil 1 all the way up to Veronica together until uh, he went to a different school. But um, oh, it wow. was, we were both like going to see the movie together. Like I was like staying over his house. We've been playing Resident Evil Code Veronica all day because I think that was out at the time. Uh, or or maybe it was even the GameCube remake that came out. Yeah, I think it was um, the same year. I think it was yes. as well, yeah. I remember it was like Resident Evil Zero and like we were like we're crapping our pants the moment all those zombies stood up on the train and anyway yeah. I'm going into deep nostalgia here. I remember sitting down with him seeing that movie in theaters and like being like mm, it's not super Resident Evil but like really happy to see it because I think when I was like when did that movie come out did you just say 2001? I think it's 2002 I think. 2002. I don't even know if when I was 12 if I had seen uh, a zombie film at that point. Oh wow! So it could have been the first. So it was Resident Resident Evil the game would have been the first like zombie media you would have. The first zombie media for me was uh the Michael Jackson music video thriller. <laughs> oh yeah, of course. And that that set off my yeah. fear of zombies, not because they were all dancing around. It's it's uh towards the end of the music video when they're all chasing Michael Jackson's yeah. date, and they bre- all break into the ha- the abandoned house that oh, she's yeah. in, and they start surrounding her until they get super close to the camera. That and the way they pop out of the graves as well, that solidified my fear for zombies because I'd always been sort of scared as ghosts as a kid, but I was like, well, ghosts kind of just stand and go, Bleh, and then go away. These yeah. are going to come and eat you, right? And like, I'd already had a deep fear of sharks because of jaws. And I was like, oh, so these are like ghosts that are blended with sharks because they're going to eat me at the same it's time. Like, this is the it sounds like we It sounds like we were scared of like the same things growing up. Um, well, really well i also had a deep fear of um demonic possession as well because i saw a double feature of jaws and the exorcist when i was God, like five man. when i was like home alone by myself. 
Yeah, I, I like snuck down to watch TV and I saw Jaws and the Exodus and my life changed. I would say for the better. So any five-year-olds out there, yeah. sit down and watch the scariest movies you can because you <laughs> might you launch a whole creative career off of it. All, your, all you five-year-olds, sit down <laughs> and watch Jaws and the Exorcist together. I yeah, know that's mom... your cute dem- biggest demographic of your show is five-year-olds. So. <laughs> it is. Uh, it sure is. But yeah, but yeah zombies, zombies are super cool because they are genuinely scary. It feels like it could easily happen. I still, I still have zombie nightmares to this day. Like me too. Something, someone has set me off. I'll be like, uh, yeah. It's like it's like my brain's um go to scary dream. It's always like, really, there's loads of zombies trying to kill you. Oh yeah, great. I want to want to experience that again. Brilliant. <laughs> Same as me, but I wake up really satisfied because I'm such a freaking nerd for zombie oh, stuff. Satisfying. So yeah, great. So that was beautiful. Yeah, I woke up like, wow, that dream was frightening. I loved it. I think I'm the same, though. But So where, where I was so scared of zombies, that meant uh, that I couldn't get enough of playing Resident Evil when I was a kid. Yeah. I couldn't get enough of watching zombie movies and this kind of and comics and books and everything that's, everything in between. Did you read the Resident Evil comics as, uh, as well? Oh, man, so the Resident Evil comics are something that I've like read online, but right. I've always tried to like get hold of them. They're always like super expensive. or They're not great. Elsewhere. They're not, no, I heard they weren't great. Um, but you, but get, you that... get early Lieber Mayho art in it, which is really cool. Um, yeah. and, the, I, them, and there's some Jim Lee covers as well, because they're made by Wildstorm, which is just crazy to me. Oh, not Wildstorm. Whatever it is. Right? Uh, I, would, I would think so now. I had them as a kid. I do not have them as an adult. I never had them as a kid. I mean, I had like the novelizations of the games. And like... oh yeah, oh my god, me yeah. too. Uh, I I think I yes, I think I got mine at like the Scholastic Book Fair, and I was so oh, excited. Wow. I I recently like bought a whole new batch of them because they had a new they had new covers. So I was oh like, really? Yeah, well, yeah. I know what I'm getting for Christmas then. Yeah, it was like it was like a um a box set as well, which is pretty cool. Um, oh, but I do like the old covers though, the Co Veronica cover with that blue zombie. Like, yeah, I never had all of them. So I never had all of them, so I wanted to like have the complete set. And then like the umbrella, there was like some Chronicle books, um, which had like sort of just mm. all all the different monsters, all the different. Uh, yeah, man. Well, to be fair, Will, we've been talking about doing a Resident Evil retrospective like bonus series. So if you did want to join us for that, you oh really happily, I I am um, full of Resident <laughs> Evil information. That's for sure. Uh, so we were thinking about doing. Um, by game maybe like one and director's cut and then maybe two and three together and then maybe like co-veronica so two and three together that's that's insulting two is two is the best one it deserves its its own it sounds pretty literally the only reason i'm thinking that is because it's like supposed to happen at the same time isn't it and it's like similar areas as well okay maybe just because you said that we can separate them out um how dare you i'm asking you live on the show um okay so I'm not going to bring up any more news because it seemed like that just <laughs> opened a whole uh, a whole new section of the show. So I guess we talk about what we've been watching. Um, I've only really got one thing, so it's just from the last week or so, or maybe a little bit longer, seeing as you're not always on the show, Will. Uh, anything horror or horror adjacent that you've seen recently that you would recommend to anybody? Hmm, something I've seen recently... Um... I can always I go first if you're not entirely sure right now. I will say um, something horror that I've enjoyed recently. Have you have you been watching that show called uh, From? Have you heard of that? Uh, I have heard of it. And uh, my girlfriend has, has said to me a few times, we should start watching this show, but I've not watched it yet. 
it's it's like uh lost at halloween that's the only way i would describe oh, it wow. okay. um and i i it's like it's one of those shows where i'm like all right there's a lot of ambiguity going on here it's probably going to amount to nothing but there's some fun spooks along the way and the 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 story goes in these crazy places that it keeps it very entertaining and there's good practical effects which i very much appreciate so oh, yeah, i'd recommend good. anybody watching that and the show is about people who um the moment they drive into this town, they can never leave it. Um, and then at night, uh, basically these people come that look like regular people with huge smiles. And if you open the door for them, then they'll turn into monsters and eat you. Like that's the premise of the show. And it's it sounds weird and wild. And it is. And it's a lot of fun. So I recommend that show if you want some easy watching to be uh, fair, yeah, horror. I wasn't I wasn't entirely sure. I find it hard to just commit to a TV show, but that sounds pretty interesting. That sounds a bit Silent Hill. You go into a town, you can't leave. Yeah, it, yeah, it is definitely Silent Hill, and there's some monsters that are very Silent Hill like. And look, is it the best thing I've ever seen? Absolutely not. But is it super easy watching and fun? Like just good mm. horror as well. Yeah, of course, it's much better than a lot of movies I've seen. That's for sure. Good. I'll uh, I'll I'll be sure to check it out. Um. Because I've heard a few good things now. So, um, that was it. Was that nothing else from recent? I'm I I was I will say that as a huge Exorcist fan, I'm yeah. uh, skeptical about this new Exorcist movie. I don't. I was really hyped when the poster came out because I mm. thought, wow, that looks really creepy. Like the little girl yeah. in the corner in the poster. I was like, oh my god! Like they've nailed it. Like that's. The vibe already from one poster and i like a lot of blumhouse productions as well i mean black mask i think is a fantastic is it called black mask no what's it called uh the, the movie with um ethan oh black phone black phone thank you i thought that was a brilliant horror movie and and they've made yeah, pl- a plethora great. of other stuff uh so but then i saw the trailer for this new exorcist and I was like, oh, this does not give me Exorcist vibes at all. And now I'm I'm a little bit worried that it will just be your run-of-the-mill yeah. possession story. I think I feel kind of the same. A second trailer has come out, but I've not I've decided to avoid it because I thought, right, I don't need to overdo it with trailers and, and and screenshots and stills. I need to just okay. Is it I think it's like in a month. Um or is it October the sixth, maybe now? Um, I think they moved it because of the t- there's like a Taylor Swift concert going in cinemas, and they were like, "Oh no, we can't, we can't everyone be, back out, yeah, we can't be going on, we can't be going up against this." Um, but yeah, I kind of feel the same. Trailer wise, I was a bit like, eh, "Oh, I'm not sure." I did like, I did like the little tiny bits of the soundtrack in the trailer, and then it yeah, finally oh, hit. I agree. I thought that was very well done. Yeah. Um. Just. But yes, maybe it's just a bad trailer. You know, that's very possible. Yeah, that's true. That is true. Um, the only thing I've got to discuss on what, what we've been watching is I watched the movie Dark Water for the first time. The Hideo Nakata um, directed J-Horror, his follow-up to, uh, well, not direct follow-up, but it was after after Ringu. Um, and there is an oh, American really? remake as well. I don't know if you've have you seen the American remake with I've, Jennifer? I, I, no, I haven't. I, I, I only watched uh, Ringu for the first time, I believe, this summer. Yeah. Um. So no, I never seen Dark Water, but I've I've definitely heard of it. Then Dark Water. Now I'd I watched the J Horror Virus documentary at Fright Fest a couple of weeks ago, which I loved, and this was one film that was kind of kind of focused on, and I was like, 
oh god i can't believe i've never seen that before because i've seen some of the visuals from it and then when it was talking about the remake um i was like oh i don't think i've seen the remake either i don't think the remake has got great reviews however the japanese version is like a master class in supernatural storytelling it's like perfect okay. it's just perfectly paced it's constantly raining which i think just adds a certain something to it i'm, I'm um, adding it to my watch list right now it's it's just really creepy and mysterious and like in terms of like scares they're so it takes its time so it, it just does so well so i was i was almost like i wanted to write down uh <laughs> the pet like the the the, the beats and the and the scenes just so I could work out okay right so we got this scene there was no scare we got this scene oh that's a bit creepy it was it was amazing like with so many obviously it's from 2002 as well um but so many supernatural horror movies is almost like they're they've got like an algorithm haven't they you kind of mm. know when to expect this thing you know when to expect a big scare a smaller scare maybe something in the background but this had that it, had that recently uh, i think the movie was called like the last shift or something like that have you seen that film mm, um, where know. it was this uh rookie police officer working at a police station that was basically shutting down and oh, okay. there was like a cult that murdered themselves uh in the police station and basically they're like haunting the police station mm. uh and i was like oh that sounds interesting like i'm gonna give that a go and it was just you could tell it everything that was going to, you knew in the moment a scare was going to happen and the scares were just silly. And the plot had a huge, like bad twist that I was, it left a really bad taste in my mouth. So oh, I know what you're saying when you like, it's so disappointing when you watch something that you like, this sounds like it's going to be really fun. And then you can just literally sit there and be like, face is going to pop up now. And it does. And you're like, well, is this written by a computer or something? Like please yeah. avert my, some of my expectations. I feel like right? you can do it. You can do it like just with the audio as well. I feel like as soon as something as soon as something oh, yeah. does go quiet, I'm almost like I can count down until when something's gonna happen. And even like fake even like fake out scares, I'm like, okay, oh don't worry, that was just a fake out scare. I'm like, well no, because I now I know that there's gonna be something else behind them. So um yeah, this this Dark Water was really good. It, a really great human story at its heart as well. Um yeah, and it kind of just made me think yeah, it, it was pretty much. It. I would say it's better than Ringu, and I probably need to watch Ringu really? again. It's been, it's been a couple of years, a few years since I've seen Ringu. I would like to go back and watch it, and I'll probably watch I... the the US remake as well, just so I can see how they how they handle the same sort of stuff. Well, the Ring scared the crap out of me as a kid. Um, that the little girl from the Ring, because I was already afraid of the Exorcist, um, was just sort of another addition to that. And I remember one of my friends dressed up as the Ring girl for Halloween. And like I went into the, the toilet in school and she was in one of the stools and it scared the crap out of <laughs> She's me. Because the they knew they knew that it scared me. So she did on purpose. Oh. Um but I kind of grew out of being scared of the ring girl. Um, but I, the Exodus girl still scares yeah. me to this day. I don't uh, know. I, I am the same. Like, even like, about it. You want to see a screenshot of her horrible lacerated face? I'm like, oh I'm the hundred percent the same way. And and I've actually grown out of pretty much all my like other fears of, I, I used to be a baby. I used to not be able to watch any horror movies and they would scare the crap out of me. But, and, but now someone who writes and creates horror and has become a horror nut, like I've completely grown out of being afraid of things, but mm -hmm. except for the little girl's face from the exorcist, it's yeah. just, I see those pictures and it's two pictures in specific. One's a super close up of her smiling 
Uh, and the other one is when she has the bright white eyes when she's floating. Yeah. Those two yeah, still though. frighten me today. And uh, yeah, but anyway, in terms of the ring, I, I, I had never seen Ringu and I was like, I'm going to sit down and watch it. And I was a bit like, I've seen this movie already. So I feel like it wasn't the most appropriate time for me to watch it. Like I appreciated it for what it was because it was creating something which must have been fresh at the time. But that, you know, the ring movie was so popular. It it changed yeah. films, horror films forever that it was, it was yeah. like nothing, not watching anything new and seeing it. There's a lot of similar sort of visual themes in Dark Water, obviously water being one of them hair. Uh, obviously that's very very prevalent in Ringu as well and, and then like the, the mystery and the tragedy of like a girl or a spirit of a girl um, but yeah it's just, it's just handled in a completely different way it's almost like um, the the presence isn't always like um, like an evil presence if mm. that makes sense it's still it's still creepy it's still mysterious it's still scary but the presence isn't particularly evil there's like a mystery at its center and uh, just the, the the central roles as well, like a mother and daughter, are are, are really really well done. Um, and so, look, yeah. I, I and I wholeheartedly mean this. A lot of people say, "Oh, check that out." I actually will check that one out. So I'm looking oh, forward I, to it. I certainly hope you enjoy it. Well, I'd hate it if you didn't. <laughs> but... If if I didn't, then I'll never come on this podcast again, and that'll That's be fine. it. That's fine. And you could, I mean, I'd hate that. But if you got to do what you got to do, right? Even if we do a Resident Evil retrospective, sorry, but. No, not after the last not interested. recommendation. I no, can't exactly. take you seriously, mate. Um, the guy wants to put Resident Evil 2 and 3 in the same podcast. <laughs> Fuck off. They're basically the same, aren't they? Basically the same game. Oh, why does that actually upset me? <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking, I'm joking. Um, it was never supposed to be number three either, was it? It was supposed to just be a like a spin-off or something, wasn't it? Wasn't it supposed to just what, be... Resident like Evil a- 3? Yeah. and then Resident Evil said- 3 was supposed to be Code Veronica and Resident Evil yeah. 3, the banner... Was supposed to be what Code Veronica was because when you look at that game, it's weird. Like, why is it Resident yeah. Evil Three when it's it's additionally like DLC uh, story when the other one is is supposed to be a spinoff when really is the continuation of the story with Chris Redfield and, and Claire Redfield yeah. and stuff. So interesting. Well, that is one of many things we can discuss. Um, before that, of course, we have to discuss the film of the week, uh, which was suggested by you. Um, because I think at this point, 301 episodes into the podcast, I was trying to tot, tot it up recently. We've covered a lot of zombie zombie movies, a lot. I think it's like, I want to say like 20, possibly. Um, so yeah, I guess there weren't many places left to go, except for a film like this, which is a very um, sort of like off the beaten track type of zombie movie. But one, one that I, again, I'm pretty sure I'd seen before, but. I'm glad we can talk about something like this because it's a very unique film. So um, the film we're talking about is Fido, which is a 2006 Canadian zombie comedy film directed by Andrew Curry and written by Robert Shomiak. Um, It was produced. Wait, no, not that bit. Where am I looking? Uh, So the (laughs) the basic plot is, so it's set in, is it actually 1950s or is it like some sort of weird um, alternative, oh, well, it is an alternative 1950s, but yeah, set in the 1950s. Yeah. The Sub- I think the it's supposed to, I think it's supposed to say instead of actual World War II, there was a zombie war instead, right? Like, I think that's what they're saying because they show the footage of like all the, the soldiers going and fighting the battle in the beginning of, of the movie. Yeah. And, and they, and they even, well, actually, no, I guess it must have happened earlier because it's quite 50s looking, 
but they say to the the father like oh you must have been 10 when it happened and he's clearly like a 40 year old man now yeah. so it must have happened like 30 years ago yeah or is it, it, you know it, what it doesn't even matter it's just in a 50s setting and i love yeah, that it doesn't matter <laughs> and again we've mentioned fallout already maybe it's something where it, it happened yeah. during the 50s and now we're in this perpetual 1950s world where nothing's really changing because there's some sort of zombie apocalypse um so space radiation turns the dead into zombies um and zomcon fights zombies and finds a way to pacify and use them um on preteen timmy's 1950s suburban street they all have a zombie doing menial chores and timmy zombie becomes his pet and friend named fido played by billy billy connolly and i I mean, I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it was Billy Connolly. When when I know it's <laughs> Billy Connolly, I'm like, well, of course it's Billy Connolly. But before that, I was like, I mean, clearly it, it's the it's the hair, the beard, and the fact he doesn't speak. So yeah, all it's, of the... isn't it? It's such a weird choice. Like I that, uh, but I love it. I mean, he's great in the movie. Like his his responses stuff, and I love the look that he has as he's just like going around and doing things, and yeah, and people he's... talk to him he's just like ha ah. ha, like I he's great. <laughs> yeah, he's... Yeah, yeah, it's almost like a, he's like it's like a la- an understanding sort of laughy smile. Like, oh yeah, I yeah, it. yeah, exactly. Also, yeah, it's like, like someone that's pe- really, really stoned, right? Like it's like <laughs> a guy that's done weed for the first time and eaten like twenty edibles because he thought, oh, I eat the whole bag, and then like people are talking to it. Like when he goes and does a task, the fact that his eyes like focus so hard when he goes to do the task and the the delayed laugh. Yeah, he's I just a big. Just- it's just a great performance because you genuinely feel like bad for him. Like even when he's getting like zapped and it, like his pained face, it feels like so genuine. You're like, oh no. And yeah, he, he, he seems to deliver so many emotions and, and we really understand like how he feels in scenes when he, yeah, got no dialogue and he's just acting with his, with, with his eyes. Um, it's got 6.7 on IMDb, Rotten Tomato, 72% critic score, 72% audience score 4.0 on letterboxd and i got some choice reviews for you here eyeball chambers says pleasantville with zombies four stars absolutely yeah definitely kennel co says fido is a kinder gentler zombie comedy less gore although not gore free with a soft spot on its heart uh, a softer spot on its heart than one might expect expect three stars vhs creep says i want a pet zombie three and a half stars i did keep thinking that did you think this i kept thinking would i I mean, I, could, I don't think I could. No. Would I? Never. Could I? How would I feel if somebody else had a pet zombie? Um, I am the same way as the father in this movie. Being, ooh, you know, ooh, I am yeah, yeah. so afraid. Well, I'm not a horrible man like he is, but uh, afraid of zombies. Like I would, if I came home and my wife was like, oh, we have a pet zombie. I'm like, great. You just brought my biggest fear, always threatening me. With potential death in the corner. Thank just you. Just get for a shark that. in the swimming pool next. Come on. Yeah, it's, exactly. Oh, it's a friendly shark. Well, I love animals, so I'd probably be like, oh, is it? <laughs> like, is I want to go meet this friendly shark. You're right. Yeah, I probably would um, fall in love with that shark. So, but I don't think I'd last... fall in love with a zombie. <laughs> um, and the last review from Jesse Williams says, "Lovely little zombie is basically Edward Scissorhands with a zombie." Um, yeah, well, anybody, anything to do with the you know fifties suburban lifestyle, you can compare it to. But I think you're nailed on the head when you said Fallout because I think that's the true feeling of this film because you have the everything's fine vibe yeah. to it of the it's the 1950s and everything is fine except behind the curtain there is some mysterious mm. stuff going on and there's true darkness in that world that everyone is really trying to ignore and you know like the 
the the what are they called? The Zom Zomcon is that the name of the company? Zomcon, like the big company, yeah, the big. That feels very much like the like the vaults type yeah. stuff, and like uh, yeah, uh, and that was the vi- immediate vibe I got from it as well. I just, just really like- this look. There's some problems in this film where the second act is really slow, um, and it kind of really slows down the film for a while. I think the first act of the film is tremendous. The introduction to the yeah. universe, I'm in from the get-go, especially when um, like you see the kids shooting the guns and everything. Like It's absolutely brilliant. Sorry, side note. You got a Chicago Bulls top on them? Yeah, I sure I'm do. a big Bulls fan myself. Oh, you are? I'm afraid this is just a... <laughs> a fashion choice? <laughs> it's just a fashion choice. It was like, what's that? Uh, uh, I mean... Big Bulls fan of like the nineties, and I love the last yeah. dance as well. Really enjoyed that. But okay, know, well that's that's yeah. enough to be able to wear a shirt. Yeah, that's and fine. Not say it's a fashion choice. Yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, anyway, <laughs> sorry. I got anything sleeve, there. anything mm. sleeveless of him in a shop. I'm like, oh yeah, I love that. Right. I'm always no, running good, hot. That's why. Good choice. <laughs> um. Yeah. So I think the first act is strong. Um. I mean, my. I have to admit, I have a huge crush on the actress that plays Trinity in this film. Because I think she's just stunningly gorgeous in this movie. And I've always had like a a weird thing for like the, the fifties housewife aesthetic for some, and and I've got like, I'm, I'm not someone that has like, I had like one thing and like, that's, that's what I'm into. I have like a million things and that's always been a strong one for me. Cause I like, for instance, I love Christina Hendricks and man, men and stuff like that. And I love love the man, men aesthetic. So I, I am just absolutely infatuated with her. How would you feel if you got home from work? How would you feel if you got home from work and Carrie Ann Moss was standing there giving you a uh, uh, a martini, triple, triple, tri- tri- triple, what they got, triple olived martini, ready to go? I think I would have died and gone to heaven, to be do, honest. Do you, know, but... do you know the bit where she walks out with like three glasses of lemonade? That slow mo shot. Yes, yeah, that, it's that uh, incre- that incredible. Um, yeah, I, and and she's brilliant in this movie. And you know what I noticed as well, like seeing her with a bit of uh, long. You know, we're all used to her with the Trinity short hair. But seeing mm. it with longer hair, I was like, man, she would have made a terrific Wonder Woman because she's quite like uh, built. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I think sure. there's some some shots in here. She's there's a scene when she's uh, towards the end where she's uh, at a, a a meeting like, and she's sitting down with the wife of the Zomcom guy. Mm. And when they're talking to each other, I was like, wow, like she's giving off like Wonder Woman vibes here. So mm. I, I think that was a missed opportunity there. Well, the action shops as well, didn't she? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, I thought she would have been good there. But no, she's brilliant in the film. I mean, her her aspirations in the film are, are, are a bit bizarre, but, uh, you know, she falls in love with a zombie, essentially, which is which is quite fun. And it's very innocent, really. Um, yeah, I mean, but it's, it's, it's built from so many different things, isn't it? She doesn't feel like her, her husband really notices her that much. She mentions loads of times that you wouldn't even notice. You don't even notice that I'm pregnant. He doesn't even notice that, that, that Fido's going to be in his suit. Um, so, yeah, clearly she... Maybe it's just that longing gaze that, that Fido gives her that, <laughs> that <she did> <laughs> I, I don't yeah. know, but she, she chose the wrong husband. I mean, that guy is absolutely... He's a wet blanket. He's useless, isn't he? Yeah, he doesn't really care about his kid either. Like, seems to only care about golf and then actually dying. Uh, So this funeral stuff and paying for it, right? The (laughs) the only problem I have with this is like, why can't you just get cremated, mate? Like, like, but is it? Are they just saying that the society? Because he he said at one point, like, oh, maybe he got caught doing an illegal, um, 
funeral because apparently it's illegal to have funerals in the society. So that made me think like, oh, is it like these corporations are like trying to profit off of something that they know is now more of a common human condition, which is having to bury your dead. And so they're like, oh, well, if you want that done the proper way, you have to go through us or or potentially it's illegal. I'm not quite sure if that was the intention, but when it was like, oh, you know, I'm say, I'm spending all this money for us to have these proper burials where our heads are removed from our bodies and buried separately. I was like, is that a religious thing? Because otherwise just burn the bodies, right? Or everyone shotguns the head of the body off at the end or just chops the head off and then buries it. Like, or just puts a little sharp stick into the brain. You know, that's they, they're literally showing that. Abs- absolutely, um, yeah. It establishes some interesting rules, though. Obviously, it establishes those kind of rules. Um, also, there are companies out there that have made some sort of um, alarm heart monitor thing for elderly people. So when oh, they that's die... Brilliant. Because again, an- another world where zombies, where everybody turns into a zombie, um, again, similar to The Walking Dead, where if you turn into a zombie, it's obviously airborne, this space dust. What is it? Like, a... <laughs> yeah, it's something from Radiation. like a meteor or something. But, and I, that was the fun thing about this movie. And I wish there was more, uh, antics like that i love that advert of the guy being like the elderly they look harmless but then they're deadly or whatever he says well yeah and i love like grandpa grandpa and you see like the zombie granddad that's what the charm of this film really shines through in those uh those little scenes and i wish there was more of that I, i do enjoy that 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 sort of undercut that subplot as well where um the granddad had 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 died and had to be killed by uh, Dylan Baker's character and now he's kind of like traumatized by that and kind of like yeah. holding it holding everybody responsible for it in a way isn't he he almost like doesn't want um the boy Tim Timmy to have like a like a good a, a good happy upbringing because he's almost like well I had to kill my dad and yeah and um I'm sorry I always forget her name but the actress that played Trinity um Carrie she Ann has Moss. a Carrie Ann Moss thank you they double barrel she... yeah Carrie Ann Moss she um has a great line in in this film towards that where she says something along the lines of like just because you're like you had to kill your father doesn't mean that we all have to suffer because of it and i was like damn i was like that's so true true but like generational trauma as well like for a film like this for for a film like this to just like broach the subject of that and kind of like explore it in a way as well it's just interesting i think it just adds to that world building i think the world building is really good the characters are really good. I think it's just it's got a really good cast as well. So obviously Dylan Baker's mm. great. Even Tim Blake Nelson as the as the neighbor, uh, Mr. Which is also great. Like, of course, of course, the first thing that people would do when they have zombie pets is, you know, fetishize it and all this stuff. Like it's it's exactly <laughs> that's human nature. Like it's like, oh, uh, do you know what you what you said is true. This movie's extremely good at world building. And when it's over, I'm like, oh, I don't want this world to end. I think they could remake Fido as a television show now and sort of give this universe like room to breathe and explore some really fun themes with it because uh, I love this universe. I think it's a lot of fun. A lot of potential, definitely. And uh, yeah, Mr. Theopolis, he obviously says that a young lady had a brain aneurysm and they slapped the color on her before she even hit the ground. So she, it, it, does it stop them decomposing as well? Somehow? Um, I'm, I, I mean, I think that's something they're like, oh, we don't have to like fully explain this, right? Because yeah. like, you know, I if everyone has pet zombies, they would stink, right? Like everyone's stink, house yeah, would stink. 
<laughs> yes, I wasn't sure if, but then, yeah, I guess they would. If that was the case, they probably would have like explained why that worked in a way. Obviously, yeah, there you've got to suspend your, your disbelief for some areas of it, but I don't think it matters so much. You're not like, well, hang on a minute. <laughs> why weren't they decomposing? All that stuff. Yeah, I mean, one thing I would have done is potentially remove their teeth and and or sew their mouths shut and yeah, make sure remove point. their remove their fingernails. So if they their collar ever is faulty, all they can really do is pin you down. They can't actually turn you into yeah, a zombie or murder you. That's a that's a great that's a great point. A bit like Michelle. but then you don't get a fun movie. Like those type of results are like no. well then we don't get the movie, you dick. So just don't well, think about like, it. Maybe you had one person who did it. You know, one person who did it, and they're like, oh okay, uh, why have you done that? Oh, it's because of this. Because yeah, maybe establish that, but then also establish the fact that everybody else is so oblivious to the fact of that because they've got this like idyllic. There's the, everyone is still like trying to keep up appearances, and that's one thing that Carrie Ann Moss's character is very keen on doing that's the reason they get fido in the first place is because everyone else has got a zombie someone else has yeah. got six and we haven't got one oh uh, yeah i love that's that's great it's really good storytelling and I, I very much enjoyed that um yeah i love i love anything to do in like the what what post-world war Two world what what everyone aspired you know the like anything in this world is the american dream right like it's like the family the kids you got the car the house like the dog in the yard or in this case the zombie in the yard like it's it's an aesthetic that i truly truly love and, and stories in it that's why i've always loved fallout uh, as someone else said pleasantville is a, another great sort of yep. skewed version of like the 50s lifestyle um so having zombies in it i mean that, that's great and uh yeah, this story, this movie is is so true to what I'm trying to do with my own book. Like just taking something like zombies, but presenting it to you in a really fun and new way. Because I just think there's so much potential with zombies. They're more than just your general outbreak story, right? Of just zombies running around and, and being zombies and wanting to eat. Like I think you know the the true reason why I made the book was. I was watching a show Black Mirror and I was like, wow, like the show is incredible. Look at all these different stories that all revolve around technology that are so different from each other. And I was like, I could do the same thing with zombies. I was like, that's it. That's that's what I want to do. So yeah, I love this movie. And like, it, it, is it the greatest zombie movie? No. Does it have some pacing issues? Absolutely. But it's fun as hell. And I recommend anybody that truly loves zombies to check it out. Yeah. One thing I was thinking as well, actually, Will, was that it kind of elaborates on an idea that Shaun of the Dead kind of puts forward at the yes, very end of does. the film as well, doesn't it? Which is like, humans and zombies can exist. We can essentially go back to normal, um, but zombies will exist doing, meaning, like, putting the trolleys back in, in, in the supermarkets. I, I would like to hear if potentially this story was made from seeing that scene at the end of the film yeah. with the zombies doing the, the trolleys and the checking at the counter. And they were like, I think there's a bit more there to explore potentially, or it could just be a coincidence. Maybe the script was, you know, floating around for seven or 10 years before that. I don't know, but it was yeah, the vibe of the last five minutes of Shaun of the Dead is, is this movie, like the whole film. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, Okay, I mean, I guess we should talk about the the plot. We don't have to go into major, major detail. But as we've already mentioned, obviously, this takes place in a 50s-esque alternate universe, radiation from space, turn people into zombies. Then there, were, then, were, then there were zombie wars where humanity battled zombies. And we get all of this in, like, sort of archive footage, essentially, don't we? Um, prevented a, a, a zombie apocalypse. Humanity is the ultimate victor, but the radiation still plagues everybody because as soon as you die, you turn into the undead. So there's a constant constant uh train 
a sort of uh, of zombies coming along. The radiation still plagues them. So unless the body is disposed of by decapitation or cremation, everyone should be cremated then. Um, communities basically lived in like fenced off communities areas where Zomcon, has prov- this company, have provided collars with remote controls to control their hunger for flesh uh, to use them as menial task servants. So what have we got? People helping... Pe- We've got like a milkman zombie or like a milkman assistant, uh, yeah. paper boy zombie, um, somebody helping um, a woman with her groceries to the car. Just like people, is, is it kind of a combination between like a butler and a pet? Yeah, the, I mean, there was a whole moving company as well. And then the, <laughs> and then there's like ones that are just so unnecessary, like opening the, the door for the children as they leave school, waving at the welcome to our <laughs> yeah. town sign. Like, In terms of the dangers of like, yeah. it, it never ever suggests like that, oh, it's no one's ever been killed by a zombie for Zomcon. Like oh, they could have easily suggested that. It's kind of always suggesting that like things have gone wrong and they will go wrong. So like, have yeah, you they... opened the door at the school? Yeah, they have a cold cleanup crew, right? Like we see the the cleanup crew in action, um, and the, and again more to the the law and world building. As the movie goes on, you find out oh the whole world isn't safe. There's still like what they call the wild zone, which is just the ungated off communities. Because he, he even says like oh we have giant walls up. So like this community has clearly established itself, but the doesn't mean that the world has been saved because there's still tons of zombies out there. So again, this movie constantly makes me ask you for more. Like, I want to know more about this wild zone. I want to know more about the establishing of how this society turned into this, how everyone agreed to these rules of there's no prisons, right? If you oh, yeah, break the law, you just get put in the wild zone. I'm like, that's yeah. interesting. I love that. It is interesting. It kind of makes you think, right, in terms of government, like, is, is does that still exist? Are these areas, like, really, are these sectioned off areas, like, really isolated in a way exactly yeah and like i mean there was no police there was no there's no government at all the only uh sort of official in it was zomcom themselves and the only ones coming around and being an authoritative figure was them so yeah there's there's so much to explore And, and the best thing about societies like that when they are in like pleasantville and it's everything's happy and sunshine everyone's hiding what they're truly thinking it just makes it even better. Like the, the I, I love the. There's such a great uh, duality and, and juxtaposition between like a, a, a housewife holding up like a picture of lemonade, but then knowing that miles away someone just got kicked out into a like yeah. a, a, over the wall and is now surrounded it by zombies and needs to like find wildlife to, to, like, to survive. It kind of represents the 1950s or like this sort of era in a way as well, where like any any bad stuff kind of gets ignored, brushed under the carpet. Everyone's like, well, we don't want to talk about that. We just want to talk about the nice, idyllic, lovely sunshine, lollipops and rainbows. We don't really quite, want to talk about Quite that. British mentality that, I'd say. <laughs> Very British mentality, um, which is interesting, I think. Um, but yeah, and maybe it's not even the 1950s at all. Maybe outside in the wild zones, it's 2006. Um, yeah. a bit, a bit like the village where everyone just decided to live in the past, uh, because it was better. There's better than one it apparently. That um, sounds great. I mean, if that that's extra law that I'm gonna say is true now, because I yeah. think that's awesome. Uh, wow. Okay, so we're we sort of we're introduced to these characters initially, and it's in the town of Willard. Helen Robinson, played by Carrie Ann Moss. Um, her husband Dylan Baker is Bill, and then obviously their son Timmy. And then they buy a zombie played by Billy Connolly to essentially 
do menial tasks for them, be their butler. But Dylan, uh, sorry, Bill is terrified of zombies. He's got a serious zombie phobia. Um, but Carrie Ann Moss, uh, I'm sorry, Helen is trying to just brush over that because she's like, we need to keep up appearances. We need a we need a zombie of our own. Everyone else has got one. Some some have got six. Um, and clearly, Bill is using his uh, he uses the remote to like zap Fido over and over again to kind of like establish dominance in a way. <laughs> Um, and then, yeah, we find out about the fact that he had to kill his own father, who became a zombie, and tried to eat him. Um, yeah, and then obviously there's an interesting story with Timmy, and he's being um, bullied at school. Yeah, and... I love all that. The, the the little scouts, and they're like zombie scouts. I love that little zombie scouts. Yeah, and then and, and then the guy from Zomcon goes into the school as well. Um, Jonathan Bottoms, played played by Henry. Does he played by Henry Cerny? Uh, I recognize this guy from some stuff. What, what I he know. I, what has he been in? Because I recognize him too, and I thought he was great in this as uh, well. Oh, I know. I know. I've, I've seen him in. He's in modern. He's in the the most recent uh, Mission Impossible movie. I don't know if you've seen that. He's like the okay. um, head of the whoever Tom Cruise works for. Can't remember what I called. He's in Scream Six as as a doctor. I don't know. But I re- oh, this might be what I recognize him from. Ready or not. I think he might be the dad of the family. Okay. In that, I'm pretty sure. But yeah. But he's um, great in this. And I love that scene of him talking to the school kids and they're asking yeah. all the questions. That felt super fallout as well, especially coming to all the kids, then having like the target practice and with loaded guns. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> with loaded guns. And obviously, one of the bullies like threatens to shoot Timmy and oh, don't worry, it's got no bullets in it. And then realizes, yes, it did. Uh, yeah, all that stuff was great. Obviously, like the the sort of corporate, the company man sort of trying to drum in the rule and almost like trying to raise new generations of people who are going to follow his rules, essentially. And then yep. even one of the kids says how much he how much he loves Zomcon as well. But yeah, even in these initial scenes, it establishes like a lot of rules and also like some of the, we sort of understand why Timmy befriends Fido, sort of like, he, it's, it's a weird combination isn't it it's like he's a friend a pet also like a father figure for him because obviously he's got a difficult yeah. relationship with his dad as well no that's very true yeah and uh there, there's some you know the the plot in this that his collar breaks but he still like loves the family i yeah. don't think it's super necessary i think it'd be darker if that it didn't happen darker, yeah. and more fun uh I, so that's not fully necessary to me but I do like that he essentially gets off the leash and causes mayhem. And I love that the cleanup, like all those scenes of like the people having picnics and getting eaten by zombies. And I also think that the zombies in this movie look great. Like in terms yeah. of fresh zombies, like I love the contact lenses they have and like their subtle coloring. I love that um, uh, Fido is that bluish hue, just like Bub from Day of the Dead. I love a blue zombie. There's not <laughs> enough blue zombies no. in in zombie content it's why in all of outbreaks i always make sure at least one of the zombies is blue just because i just i find the blue zombie scary i don't know why uh even that picture you have up right now fight over your shoulder i keep catching in the corner of my like that's freaking me out a little bit it is genuinely like the fact despite the fact it is a comedy it is genuinely like the 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 sound design like the noise of the zombies like all the performances of the zombies are good Mm. um and the gore like people get their throats torn out people get arms ripped off yeah um 
it's legit and i think like the threat of it is is definitely still there like as soon as the as soon as the collar gets switched off i'm always like oh shit what's gonna happen oh no mm. um yeah it's, it's interesting but then also we get some interesting world building with uh, Mr. Theopolis as well, who used to work for the company. And now he's kind of, as their next door neighbor, he's kind of like, he helps out Timmy a couple of times with kind of giving him various tips on, on uh, the collar and stuff like that. Cause obviously he's, uh, <laughs> he's kind of making the most of, of knowing all these things. The fact he's got Tammy on, uh, which is his, his zombie, uh, saying pet sounds very very this cute. is like the zombie equivalent of a mail order bride isn't it <laughs> yeah it's it really is. cringy and gross but like it's there's cringy, always that but... one there's always that one person that it's like yep that's exactly what would happen with with yeah. somebody and you think well you know he's making the most of it isn't he he's making the most of a world gone to shit uh but I kind of liked it because even though yes yeah, a bit seedy and it's a bit like it's suggest it's very suggestive we don't we're 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 making up our own mind about what the details of this relationship are, how far it goes. Well, he does However, kiss her at one point. I mean, it's pretty established there. <laughs> but it, I think that was a moment where he kind of thought, perhaps, yeah. Um, but even that, he treats her better than uh, Bill treats Helen. And Helen even notices that. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's true. Which, which is, is terrible. Yeah. I mean, when you think about it, it's it's is extremely messed up because what are the human rights laws when it comes to the undead? Because I it, you know, thought, to be well, with him is not really her choice, is it? So there's some huge problematic stuff like that could potentially arise. I from kind that. of imagined that more of that was going to come into it. I imagined some sort of subplot where we were saying, shouldn't Fido have his own, um, be able to make his own choices, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Uh, and you know, maybe that could have could have been something just just that was ex- um explored in a sequel or a, a like a mini series if it became a mini series. Yeah, I agree. Something that you know, there's some people out there who say, "Oh, we shouldn't be keeping them at all." Uh, yeah. But that's the thing. It kind of it suggests. It conjures all these ideas, which I think is really good for for a film like this. I think when you watch the movie and you're like, okay, I'm I'm done from the start to finish. There we go. It's not created anything else in my head. The fact that it makes me think of these what ifs and these extra little narrative threads as well, I think is really cool. Um, I agree. So yeah, Fido pretty much gets into trouble fairly quickly uh, when he's playing catch with Timmy and his collar malfunctions when he's, I mean, in a way, he's it's their own fault. Isn't it this 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 neighbor? I can't remember what her name is. Uh, is it Mrs. Henderson or something? Yeah, like that? Mrs. Henderson. That's right. I mean, and she's not very nice anyway. We've seen her already. Like she's having a go, no, shouting at Timmy for leaving his bike on his own lawn. She's so vile, and I love it. Yeah, like my wife was vaguely watching it in the background as she was cooking, and she was like, "Who is this woman?" Like the gall of her to say, like, while. You know, like it's his lawn. Like he could do what yeah. he wants with with the I'll bicycle. My favorite though is she's sitting there with her little binoculars, but and she, she's like looking at. It, she's like, ah, oh, disgusting. Like put a <laughs> yeah, shirt yeah. on or something like that. I love that. Like just such a bitter old woman. A it's bitter totally old fine. Like good choice of characters for us all to be happy when Fido rips her arm off. Yeah. So, yeah. So she basically smashes her head into the ground over and over again uh, with a little walker thing. Is is collar malfunctions and she gets up and and kills him. Ah, uh, sorry, he gets up and kills her. Timmy like discovers it happening and then they just go away for a bit. So she's just she doesn't turn until like the n- night time because we see her standing up against mm. a 
a full moon, don't we? I love so, that shot. There's some cool oh, yeah, uh, cinematic silhouette choices in this movie. Of like, it, it is very over the top. This moon is extremely zoomed in, like it's practically the whole screen. But uh, her getting up and making the zombie noises, and I have to say, one of the things that I really like about this movie is the score. Like, it really. It's a fantastic yeah. score and really kind of gives it almost like an, an Elfman vibe, especially like like when people were saying like Edward Scissorhands, like there's there's some of that in here, especially in the score. Um, and one of my favorite shots in this is when Timmy goes back to uh, deal with Mrs. Henderson and he ends up killing her with the spade. He's in complete silhouette as he beats her to death yeah. in the woods. Yeah. And, I, and I think it's a beautiful shot, like very comic booky in a sense. Hmm. And I was kind of thinking about the score in this in this initial moment as well, um, especially when he gives his he basically um, apologizes for killing her, obviously after he's killed her, um, and says you weren't very nice, but you know I'm sorry you had to go like that. <laughs> See you later. So <laughs> there are there are like a, a few like wild zombies um, based on a few things. It's weird that they can like kind of wander around and not get notice straight away the fact that we see it one i point. think that would be true right like you're so yeah, used yeah, to people yeah. just wandering around uh but i love that everyone like mandatory everyone sort of carries a gun on them um uh, but yeah. not everyone has sort of been keeping up with their target practice so a lot of people are out of practice with it and yeah you know it's Mr. really good Theopolis especially uh we see a moment where he tries to kill a zombie and he misses about three times and he thinks he shot the zombie but now it was one of the little scout girls wasn't it <laughs> Yeah, which her character went nowhere. They establish it early on that, like, yeah. oh, this is going to be Timmy's crush, right? Because yes. he sees her, ch- like, literally chopping a zombie's head off with bullets, which I love. Like, even though it's not a real <laughs> zombie, it's like a target, but she, like, yeah. full on chops the head off with bullets. Uh, and she gets established on early on, being like, oh, I think that my mom and your mom said we should be friends, and Timmy's all nervous around her. So I don't know if they had something more written there where she was going to be more of an important role because she kind of disappears she kills that zombie and then she just comes back at the end with her father on a leash and that's really it yeah because i was confused about how i was supposed to feel about her because initially i was like okay is she gonna be like his he's got a crush on her is she gonna be his friend but then she said a couple of things i was like oh maybe she's a enemy of his in some way because she said she was gonna like tell her dad um but then when he was off off his lead fido she like put the lead on him to sort of almost like um yeah, I think it's because I misheard it as well. I misheard when he said we should be friends. I thought I thought she said we shouldn't be friends, which is maybe why I established the fact that I'm not supposed to like this character. But no. Oh, unless uh, I misheard it, I'm not sure. No, I think it was me. Uh, <laughs> um, so yeah, that 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 was all that was all pretty interesting. Um, that was there's a minor zombie outbreak as well with a dog walker gets attacked by Mrs. Henderson. Um, Which I thought was Meatloaf for a second. Did you? (laughs) I was looking at the actor. I was like, is that fucking Meatloaf? Like, is he in this movie? When Meatloaf has got short hair, like he just looks like a completely different person. Yeah. Jesus. Uh, I don't know, actually. Look, look, if Billy Connolly could be the main zombie, anybody could pop up in this movie. I agree with you there. I agree with you. I wouldn't have been surprised if anyone turned up. Um, So, yeah, that, that small outbreak sort of gets quelled. By by the Zomcon security forces just shooting everybody, um, and then those two little bully kids. Obviously, we didn't establish this before, but they did try to attack Timmy and 
uh, Fido saved him, threw one of them to the ground, like broke his arm or yeah. something. Um, I kind of like that, you know, the fact that he can still, he's not completely docile. He still like protects Timmy. This is even, this is with the collar on as well. So that was interesting. But then they, they both the bullies come back into the story when they shoot like a Zomcom officer. Is that right? Yeah, in the leg know? by accident. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then there's like some sort of sus- they're suspected that it was them who shot the missing neighbor, Mrs. Henderson. But then they hatch a plan essentially to blame, put the blame on Fido. I say put the blame on Fido. It was Fido, but I don't yeah. think they know that at this stage, do they? Is this where the second I, act where you were a bit yeah. more like? Yeah, it is around. It's actually it's before because um, I do enjoy the scene when they go to the the cabin in, on the hill. And yep. they tie Timmy up because I love the 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 zombie kid coming towards him. Like that's a terrifying snare for me. I'm tied to a tree and a zombie's coming to eat me. You yeah. can't defend yourself. Like no. head headbutt or something like that. Um, so I really enjoy that. Um, it was it was just the build up towards that. There was just it was it just felt for me a bit slow. It was like at a point when he was like uh, washing off Fido uh, in the garage and the, like they were trying to just establish. A few other things. Like, I still don't think that the father was the best executed. I think that actor is amazing. I always enjoy everything he does. And I love his character. But Mm. some of his choices of responding to people didn't feel exactly natural to me. And, like, the fact that his whole life he was like, I just care about golf, was, like, not really, like, I'm like, like, there's got to be more, like, to just you being, you know, upset that you had to murder your father yeah. and having a fear of zombies. A bit, there was... What I kind of got with him, sorry, sorry, Will. What, no, what, what I kind of got with him is that he was like in denial that everything was happening. He was kind of like focused entirely on just living this idyllic lifestyle that he was... But not... why did he have to ignore his wife? Because that, Yeah, you know? it was almost like because he was doing that, that was why he was, yeah. Yeah, but uh, yeah, great actor, Dylan Baker, obviously... Um, Dr. Kurt Connors in, in the Sam Raimi Spider-Man. Yes, movies. that's true. Never got to become the lizard, which is a huge shame. Uh, but yeah, he he's great. And well, I think he's great in, in, in a very, in a yeah, a, a very conflicted sort of role, isn't it? Mm. Um, but yeah, going back to going back to the bit where the bullies tie him, tie him and fight us to a tree and they're going to alive. Take, they, they deactivate his collar and they fight it. They're gonna get Fido to attack Timmy, and then like shoot Fido, and then be like, "We saved him." Yeah, but it goes tits up pretty much immediately. Big they time. Try <laughs> shoot, shoot Fido through the chest, and then it ki- it's really dark, don't it? The fact that it just kills the other brother, like the bullet yeah. goes straight through him and kills him. He's like, "You made me kill my brother." Yeah, you made me kill my brother. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, and then he does great. get eaten off screen, like in a cabin, doesn't he? Um, he does. Yes, yeah. uh, and I really like that. Um, and I like that, like if I like if I had to put rocks down to stop the kid from busting through as a zombie. And I was like, why is yeah. that? Like, why is again like just Look, destroying the head not the solution here, right? Yeah. Like, if like why did you have to block off the door to uh, so instead of destroying the kid's brain? And I get it because it leads to the scene of him uh, with the chance that he's going to be eaten by the child. But yeah. maybe they should have made Fido leave without doing that and that was the the problem there i don't know yeah 
Yeah, I know what you mean. I mean, it just again, it seems to ignore certain things that would be obvious. Um, I'm nitpicking though, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, but it's just fine to do that. Um, yeah. So, so we think Fido's probably going to eat Timmy, but when he when he comes up to him, he unties him. Uh, wait, is that? No, he can't untie him, can he? he? Tries to untie him, can't do it. So he's like, "Go and get help." And obviously, this is like a bit of a parody of Lassie. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but it's funny though. Yeah, like where's Timmy? It would be funny if he was actually in a well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it would. Um, so he goes and gets uh Helen. He goes and gets the mum, and then she drives back, and she's like, trying to get directions from him. Is it right here somewhere? Where is it? He's like, but oh. yeah. It's hard, enough to give, it's hard enough to give directions at the best of times, let alone when you can't talk and you're and you're a zombie. Um, and yeah, the the zombie kid manages to force his way out of the cabin, coming towards Timmy, gonna gonna kill him. Right at the last minute, Helen arrives, knocks him over, flattens him in the car, and then they cover their tracks. They they put the the bully bodies. They put the they put the bo- I can't even say that. <laughs> the bully <laughs> bodies in the in, yeah. Bully uh, bodies in the bush. Put the bu- bully bodies in the bush, and then they set fire to it uh, to cover their tracks. And again, this is this is another thing. Like in any other film, they could have easily gone. The mum is as soon as she, she finds out, she's going to be angry or disappointed or whatever. But no, she's just as willing as Timmy to like protect Fido essentially. Yeah. Um. And that and the relationship between Fido and Helen sort of develops in a different way. Um, she says well, because point. on the drive there, she notices that his collar is off and she doesn't, oh, in, yeah. he's not attacking. That's right. Uh, which I think is her first spark of like, oh, there could be something uh, between them in the future. She says, why, why, why aren't you, why aren't you going to kill me? And he's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so that's interesting. Obviously, again, a couple of nice little details they established. They established how, um, how he died, how Fido died, and it was from just like uh, we had like a heart chest decision. It's a heart heart attack. That's right, um, a heart attack, and we established that he was a smoker. Yeah, I love a that poker because <laughs> he's just like reaching for the cigarettes, just like just one more, just one more. Drag. And he's and he's loving that fag when he's been giving it. He's just puffing away in it, and the moment it's taken away from him, he's like, ah, I'm like, I get it, back. it, I get it, <laughs> I get it, um. So obviously we get that, and then yeah, yeah. When he has a lovely bit of lemonade as well, it's like, well, zombies don't need to drink. No, they don't need to, but it doesn't matter. He's just having a, enjoying it, having a lovely taste. He's um, he's uh, living un unliving his best life. Unliving his Li- best living life. dead his best life. <laughs> yeah, um, and that is when Helen says something like, "You beautiful zombie man" or something like that. She says to him because obviously he helped save helped save Timmy. Uh, yeah. Which is nice. Um, they essentially like try and forget about the whole thing, but then I think Mrs. Henderson's body gets discovered, and then the murder is like immediately traced back to Fido. I can't remember exactly how how they trace it back to him. I think it's um, because uh, the security chief of Zoncom has his suspicions that Timmy's involved okay. because he finds the bloodied ten- uh, yeah. baseball. Uh, so although the yeah, murder is pinned on the two bullies, uh, he knows sort of the truth. So that's why he takes yeah. Fido away from them. Yeah. And he even says to them, like, you're lucky I'm just doing that. I feel like he wasn't the most evil sort of guy. Uh, sure, no. he does some does some pretty nasty stuff towards the end. But I don't know. Do you feel like it needed a, 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 a more evil sort of 
um, bad guy, like a foil for for everybody? Or do you no, I I enjoy him as the bad guy. I think if we saw more of like how you know how they took the the husband of Mrs. Henderson away, if we mm-hmm. actually saw him like chucking him into the the wasteland, then you would have been yeah. like, oh, this is actually a messed up dude in this whole world yeah. is really messed up so that would have pinned more because when we at the end we see sort of the wasteland gate it's a bit like oh this is all new information and i feel like a, a quick scene of Miss, mrs henderson's husband being forced to live yeah. there this poor old man because his wife was murdered like that would be a, a good way of sort of gaining a bit of of a heel yeah. for um the the villain yeah, I felt like that because when that reveal happened with the sort of wasteland and he was willing to put Timmy out there and sort of lock the gate behind him, it did feel a bit like, oh, he's he's willing to go this far. I almost didn't expect him to go that far. Yeah. Um. So yeah, after that happens, Fido is basically taken away, um, and he's and the family are basically told he will he will be destroyed, um, and then sort of the family try and sort of rebuild a little bit in a way, like the dad, uh, gives. Timmy is first handgun. Oh, you're not allowed to handgun to your twelve. He's like, well, don't worry about it. It's our little secret. <laughs> your first time. I think gun. it was. I think he was more afraid that his wife had just been, you know, attacked by a zombie, and yeah, and it was just more of just uh, more of a safety thing for him. But I, I found that scene a bit strange. I didn't really know what his true motives were, and he was like yeah. looking. I, I don't know. It was there was. I feel for some reason like the, there's a few scenes that may have been left on the cutting room floor of this film that yeah. may have explained some things a bit more for that character's motivations. Because it's only, what, an hour and 32 minutes, this movie? It's not a long movie. I think an extra 10 or 15 minutes would have been okay. I think, like, not long after that, um, when he's having a conversation with Helen, he does say, oh, everything's going to be all right because me and Timmy talk things through today. It's almost like him. his act of giving him a handgun was almost like he was trying to win back his son's like approval in a way or, or maybe not even win it back just just win his son's, son's approval um because yeah that is when he even though carrie Ann moss has has been pregnant helen has been pregnant for, for a, a bit of this film he's not even he's not even noticed and even now when she says to him yeah. i'm pregnant he's like well, probably just put on a little bit of weight apparently she was pregnant in real life and they added that into the story to oh. uh, to, to for continuity that's fun I mean I think it's I love that what he says he's like I don't think I can afford a child like my salary can't afford another kid uh, no not my salary can't afford another kid I don't think my salary can afford another funeral because he's obviously so oh, obsessed shit. Yeah, he says that, with these funerals that, that, that that's all he's thinking not like I'm so happy I've got a new child that to oh, me was God. like sort of the like oh our relationship's over if that's your first and only thought yeah like we're done oh man just, I mean, that's just a great little insight into the way his very broken brain clearly works. Um, and yeah, essentially, the next part is Operation Rescue Fido. Timmy uh, enlists Mister Fiopolis, uh, the previous Zomcom employee. Uh, f- first of all, it's the it's the what's the little girl's name? Cindy. Oh, Cindy. I, I think it might be Cindy. He he. She tells him that Fido's alive because she heard her dad on the phone talking about oh, the, there's no such thing as a bad zombie. We've sent we've set him to work in the factory. All right. Um, so obviously Timmy wants to go and rescue him. Um, and we find out a little bit about why Mr. Fiopolis was fired from Zomcon. And it was because he was suspected of, of fraternizing with 
the female zombie, Tammy. Uh, which um we see like a bit where we see like silhouettes of them in the window at one point, and he looks yes. like he's taken her collar off. Yeah, and he's like dancing in front of her, and she's like trying to bite. He's got a bite mark as well, which obviously also establishes the fact that the zombie virus is not transmitted via bite. Yeah, it's it's only death apparently, which is interesting. It is interesting, isn't it? Because I don't know about you, but that has always been something that has always interested me in different zombie media. How they represent that? Because I yeah. I always used to think the bite, no matter how small it is, even if it's a tiny little nibble, you will become a zombie after that but some some things establish it as like the bite needs to be bad enough to kill you and then you'll come back so you can't just have like a little nibble or something like that and then you got something like resident evil where people get bitten and turn into zombies all the time but some characters are like can't be infected or like you just yeah. rub some herbs on you and you're good to go like that's that that's all over the place but um yeah i i kind of like the idea of you if you get bit you don't turn it that that's an interesting little switch up like it's like oh nope as you said like i don't think before um i mean i guess it's i guess it's kind of hinted in you know night of living dead that the dead have come back to life right so I guess if you die, you do come back no matter what. But this really truly says like, oh, we, we've established you die, you're a zombie. Mm -hmm. And I love also what Timmy says at the beginning, like, what about all those uh, people that were buried? They're all like scraping um, at the yeah. bottom of their graves. And like the guy's like, moving on, don't need to talk about that. <laughs> Again, and I actually always... like felt bad. I was thinking about all these people like in their graves, like trapped and like, oh, yeah. awful. That just establishes again, like Timmy's sort of empathy as well, isn't it? Yeah. Like that he's thinking about people who have died a long time ago, and then maybe they're underground. The radiation didn't affect them. I don't know. That's what I was kind of thinking. Yeah, um, that's a good point. But yeah, I like I like the, the those rules, and it reminds me of one of the one of the one of my favorite panels in uh, The Walking Dead, which is when um, Rick goes back to 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 Shane after finding out that no matter how oh, you die, brilliant. Brilliant. You die, and he goes back to Shane where he buried him. And does, I can't remember what the dialogue is. Is it let Let's do this then, or something like that? And then I says, don't even remember if there was dialogue. Yeah, there might not. I be, just you know? I, I just remember that. him getting on that motorcycle, taking that huge trip all the way back to where he buried him, digging him up. He's a zombie, shoots that motherfucker in the head, yeah, and then so moves good. on with his life. Amazing. I just love the fact that as soon as he found out that was his first thought. And then he wrote, well, that's unfinished business, essentially. I can yeah. have this guy wandering around the uh, <laughs> the world. Yeah. No, it was, oh, I got to make sure that I that guy is dead. Like, I've killed yeah, him. Yeah. I need to live with that decision. Walking Dead is my favorite comic of all time. I, I think uh, I've been reading, I read. I started reading that in like 2005. Like, I was there pretty yeah. early on because I'm just a freaking zombie nut loser that loves everything zombie. And um yeah, I love that book, and that book was super inspiring to me. It actually inspired the first comic I ever made, which was called Dino Zombies, which was uh, zombie. It was like Jurassic Park meets. Oh well, it's like combined Dino Crisis with Resident Evil, essentially. Oh, like dude. it's all it's all happening at the same time. Oh, so dude. I'd still like I'd still like to bring that back and put it into Outbreaks as an ode to the first comic I ever made because it was a lot of fun. But the thing about that story was is I created a lot of stuff like what if there's a, a girl. Who gets bitten and she can't turn and her like genes are the 
the the like key to the survival and then the last of us came out and i was ah. like fuck god damn it <laughs> and like loads of other stuff in that story of how i think someone even wrote hey, a book when that happens about zombie dinosaurs as well and, and i was like okay well this is this has happened so it's time yeah. to move on i think i think the point i'm trying to make is i just i like it when certain rules are established and it just creates so many different extra scenarios um, yeah, yeah. I think that's I think that's just always great, um, and and seeing how characters react to those different scenarios and different rules as well. Obviously, Walking Dead we had lots of, in the Walking Dead we had a lot of people dealing with tra- trauma in various different terrifying ways. Keeping head, keeping living zombie heads in tanks, keeping mm. your daughter on a, on a on a little lead and basically treating her like she was alive. Um, well, you like in the in the show, we were robbed of the amazing realization that if you just die you come back as a zombie because the show was a dude whispers it into rick's ear and he's like oh my god uh i hate the ending of season one i think it's terrible but um in the book that when they move into the prison they think everything's fine and and they get along with the prisoners there uh but they come they find out that they're living with a serial killer that ends up murdering some of the children in their group by cutting off their heads and then when they discover the heads, the heads are zombified. And that's how they realize, oh, my God, it doesn't matter how you die. You're going to be a zombie. And that's what you're talking about with the layers of oh, adding man. to the zombie stuff. I love that type of stuff. Um, and it was done so much better in the book than yeah, in the show. Because, that revi- it, it, again, for, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, it's just like a close-up of their like heads, like all alive. And everybody, it, like we realized at the same time as the characters that that's happened. Yeah, uh, so many good things in that prison arc. Um, yeah, when that what, what's his name? He gets locked in with all the zombies. Uh, the big guy, uh, and then we come back thinking he's dead, and he's just killed them all. Yes, yeah. Um, uh, Tyrone is his name. Yeah, something like yeah. that. Yeah. Um, I, again, he was he was in the show fairly briefly. I don't think they fully took advantage of, of, of him as a character. But yeah. No, but I liked his death in the show though. When he when he got bitten by that zombie and you see you see the in the side of the mind of someone slowly turning into a zombie and like they start like that. hallucinating and stuff. It's uh Tyrese is the character's name. Tyrese, that's it. Did, um, you, watch, did you watch all of the show? Oh yeah. You did? Yeah. I, sadly. Did, I, yes, I, I did. did stop but I would like to I would like to finish. I think I watched maybe the series after maybe like the second series that negan was in and then i stopped for some reason i'm not sure why oh but that's when everyone the world stopped because it dragged on for way yeah. too long and uh i actually recently rewatched all the walking dead um with my wife and man when you get to alexandria there's there's one season when rick uh kills this guy you've been waiting for him to be killed like in the town and rick like looks at everyone and shouts them like you know this is how you fucking survive in the zombie apocalypse essentially and then shows uh morgan shows up and he goes like rick and like that that to me i was like that's the the peak point of the walking dead like that was that was it and and then yes the build-up to negan and them killing um uh, the two characters was huge, but yeah, the show goes tremendously downhill from there. But there's parts of the Whisper War that are really good that I, I yeah, very much I've like. Now. I've seen none of that. There's some stuff in there that is very cool. Like uh, they they explore the Beta character more and how he was like a famous country western singer before the zombie apocalypse, and wow, okay, uh, which I think is really fun. 
and he like uh you, he like put some of his old records to gather up all the zombies at one point and lead them I, to I, I do like to do Samantha stuff. Morton as an actress as well she plays Alpha doesn't she she oh. does yeah and she's great um and then there's some other stuff in the later seasons that I also enjoy but it does dip tremendously in quality, like hugely. And there's some episodes in the last couple seasons that are some of the most boring, really poorly told basic stories that I've ever seen. And it's heartbreaking because it's like this show was once the biggest show on television. Everyone loved it. And I, as a, as my favorite book being The Walking Dead, having a TV show that was the biggest show on television was amazing to me like and as a zombie fan i'm like i'm getting zombie content up the wazoo right now and i'm so (laughs) happy feel so lucky like especially when you said like all the things that like eight-year-old will would have loved yeah is amazing seeing things that you loved growing up and seeing how much how much like talking about resident evil fine fine oh i didn't really like the movies i'm still super lucky the fact that my favorite games growing up i got to see all these characters on screen in various iterations and then the walking dead really enjoying the walking dead and then being like oh my god they're making a tv show of it and it's great you know to us yeah absolutely and and i'm even with resident evil we're very lucky we get these amazing remasters of like number two not number three uh number four like those are very very good games (laughs) so yeah as there's there's tons of zombie content um that's very very good Mm. Uh, and I'm really happy about that. Yeah, this I mean, this episode has been a zombie extravaganza. Will absolutely. Oh, um, My life is a zombie extravaganza. It, it's made me kind of feel like I want to reread Walking Dead as well. I, I recommend it. I I have been rereading it. I'm currently at sort of around the prison story, and it's great. I just I, 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 like, I think Robert Kirkman is such a great uh, like dialogue writer in terms of like just people talking to each other and you know he 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 creates like almost like soap opera really like just the drama levels of people like it's way more than obviously just the zombies like i just love the way people communicate and and just the the world building and obviously charlie adlard's work charlie adlard oh i met charlie adlard at fault bubble last year i've got really i've got a signed page just just above my head well a signed walking dead page I think I don't think it's an original. I think it's just a print, but still. Oh, okay. Uh, that's that's still cool. It's still cool. It's a. It's a. I'm not sure what issue it is, but it's just a scene of Michonne and Rick just killing some killing some walkers. That's awesome, uh, man. I'm trying. No, I want to. I want to get him as for a cover of Outbreaks eventually. Oh man. Yeah, I have to that see if he'd great. be interested in doing it. Yeah, that that would be that would be absolutely awesome. Um, but yeah, when you say about Robert Kirkman, the way he writes dialogue and characters i think it's really hard to translate that into tv show into a tv show because it's almost like it isn't really how people talk does that make sense it's no, like it's, you're absolutely right yeah but, and he like, does it well in invincible as well as another good example of him true. doing the the emotional drama of people talking while there's much bigger scenarios going on it just works on the page it really really works on the page but i think translating into any other medium is is difficult and i think they maybe tried occasionally in the walking dead tv show and they tried in the telltale games as well to kind of replicate some of that decision making that characters need to do um and sometimes it worked sometimes sometimes not so much um okay but yeah let's just round, let's just round up fido so basically they go to zomcon um mr theopolis gets them in there and he tells um timmy 
where to go to essentially find him. It kind of he causes a bit of a kerfuffle, if that's if that's the right word, in the in the sort of um, lobby area by turning off the, the the collar of one of the zombies, and then that zombie starts biting people, and then a guy like shoots Tammy. Oh, I was worried that she was dead for a second. It kind of just skims off the top of her head, doesn't it? And yeah. Like, and then Mr. Theopolis like attacks the guy. What does he call him? A knucklehead. Yep. Um, and then Timmy finds Fido. Sort of fight. I was gonna say sets him free, but I think Fido like rips his chains off, doesn't he? Like uh... I can't remember. Yeah, I think so. There's some kind. There comes some kind of like Frankenstein monster things going on. Um, yeah. Where he's kind of like learning from humans, where he kind of just like learning but remembering, and then sort of replicating these sort of like human interactions as well, which I thought was really good. Mm. Um. Yeah, so then his parents come after him. Bill goes in with a gun. It's, this is kind of like his redemption moment, isn't it? Like it's him trying to say, I'm a good dad. I mean, he literally says it, doesn't he? He literally says, I'm a good dad, rushing in to, to sort of help him. Um, I mean, not really, because he doesn't really help him at all. Timmy finds a way to escape. I mean, yeah. I guess he distracted him so Timmy could yes. escape. So I guess that that's something. Maybe his presence, at least, was, was enough. Um <laughs> Yeah, so what happens then is Jonathan Bottoms, the the big head honcho of Zomco, basically shows Timmy the wild zone and says, like, this is what's going to happen to you and your family. Um, and he locks him out there, I guess, to, like, teach him a lesson. I don't think he's actually going to leave him to die, is he? But <clears throat> still, but then Fido and... Well, we don't know. Him. He might leave him there to die. Exactly, yeah. Exactly. What, 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 what would he, how far would he have gone? Um, but Fido kills Jonathan, rips his neck out, um, and then manages to get, and Timmy manages to get back in. Well, again, he gets back in on his own, doesn't he? Unlocks the thing, and the zombies start piling in. But um, Helen managed to shoot a few of them to save them as well. Uh, and and I love it's a great scene of all the people getting ripped apart by zombies. And yeah, I, it's great to see like the side. There's a scientist that like has zombies come around him. I was like, ah, this is like the opening like vignette of Resident Evil, like. Uh, was it two or three when it's like all the cops being killed by the zombies? Yeah, like, I yeah. Love, it, I was just like, ah, this is the good stuff. I love this. It's another weird thing because there, there is obviously TV. So there's like a TV, there's like a news report which is saying that there was an outbreak at ZomCon hmm. um, and they kind of blame, what do they blame it on? I think they just say that there was some rednecks who ventured out into the wild zone to hunt zombies. And Yes, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but again, it's strange that we don't really sort of find out like how T well, maybe this is the details we don't want, but like how TV works in this world. Why is it still going? Whether it's whether the TV is it just run by Zomcon? Possibly. Probably. It's true. Yeah. It could be. A, yeah. That's absolutely true. Um, then we get a funeral for Bill um, who got shot by Jonathan. Um, headless funeral. He always wanted to prevent his zombification. Um, Fido's at the funeral in a lovely suit, a different suit, right? No, it's not. Not a yeah, suit. different suit. Yeah, brand new suit. Um, yeah, and essentially the film ends with Fido's like a surrogate father to Timmy, Helen, and then they've got a newborn baby as well. I don't think we find out who the who the name is. Uh, what the name of the baby is? Fido's punching a dart, enjoying a lovely cigarette. He's got a Hawaiian shirt yeah. on. Fido, happy life. Fido is living the life that I aspire to of of having a chill time in a Hawaiian <laughs> shirt. Having a fag, playing with my new baby, waving <laughs> to my beautiful wife, like in my lovely suburban house, 
There we go. Like it's it's a fantastic ending where I'm like, we can all aspire to be Fido in a way. Like, and like he has a huge smile on his face at the end in a very Fido way, with his, like, just showing his teeth with his head turned. Like, ah. he's absolutely loving life, one hundred percent. Um, and who can blame him? Uh, who can blame him? Indeed. Um, and then of course we find out that Jonathan, uh, the Zomcon head honcho, is a zombie as well. Um, but Cindy, his daughter, is actually kind of loving it because he's nicer than he was before and now she's just dragging him around on his lead um and that's it we've got like domestic bliss it ends with domestic bliss that's right everybody involved which is all everybody ever wanted it seems um okay and that is fido so i've got a little bit of something called name game for you will okay. basically i'm going to describe the synopsis of a movie that sounds very similar to fido but isn't fido uh so based on my clue you have to work out the name of this movie uh it'll, okay. just, it'll just rhyme with with fighter that's it okay so in 19 in 1950s suburb suburbia space radiation is turning the dead into zombies everybody including a british singer who once did a duet with eminem is that it that ends there that's it What's the name of the movie? A British singer that wants the duet with Eminem. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I feel like I feel like I'm too, an, an idiot. Is it, for... is it too niche? I can't think of any other songs. This lady did. Lady. Oh my god, her real name is Jesus Florian Cloud the Bonneville O'Malley Armstrong. What? <clears throat> Okay. Ah, yes. Floridil, Florentine, Florida Armani. Florentine. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to think of what else she, what else she sang. I can't think of any of her songs. Uh, but yeah, the song was Stan. I can, I can even give you a little. Oh, okay. Yeah. I think it was from another song called Thank You. It was, yeah. And yeah. that's so bad. Yeah, that was song, yeah. Dear Stan. I don't know that in a uh, while. Do you know? Do you know what it is? What the, what the name of this thing that you've the created? name of this film? Yeah, this, this is an actual really film. This is a real film. <laughs> I feel like I always conv- I always confuse people with what this game entails. Um, it just rhymes with Fido based on my clue. So um, what, essentially, what singer was I describing? Who rhymes with Fido? Who who do it with Eminem? I have no idea, mate. It's Dido. Dido. <laughs> What are you talking about? The singer's name is Dido. I thought you just said the name was Florence of of, of Arabia or whatever. That's her real name. Her stage name is Dido. Dido, So Dido. So Eminem featuring Dido. I I don't. I Dido not know who who that is. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like the rules you would the rules of the game would have been easily established if you knew who Dido was. Yes. To be fair, this is probably the first time I've said Dido out loud since that song. So are all the questions going to rhyme with Fido, the answers? Kind of. Kind of. Oh, great. I feel like, I feel like I lo- now... I, lo- I, feel, I feel now that we've started with the with what I thought was the easiest one. Right. I'm going to say no. Well, I tell you what, what my, most of the music I listen to is from... Like 1970 and below, so Dido wasn't really on my list of uh, yeah. I'm sorry about that. People to listen. You're like, to. hang on, man, this is this is too bloody new. This music from two. Yeah, well, M- Eminem, that's brand new music. 
M&M, little chocolates or something. What's going on here? <laughs> uh, okay. well, I, I, I apologize for the next one because you're probably not going to get this one over. Uh, so, in suburban 1950s, <laughs> space radiation turns every, all the dead into zombies. And some people are attendants at... Uh, <laughs> fuck's sake... <laughs> At a swimming pool relaxation area. Sometimes you've got like. Oh, a little I know, I know what. I think I know the answer. Yes. Is the film called Lilo? It's not, but Lilo's also a good one. What? Okay, well, sorry. Continue the question then. But that's it. That's all I had. It just. It, it, this one literally rhymes with Fido and is similar to what you just said. Oh, all I had was swimming pool and relaxing, so I just assumed Lilo. Lilo's a perfectly legitimate answer, but it's not that. Again, I don't know if this it, this might be a, a a local dialect thing, but this is what we've got in Bristol. Uh, a tidal, like a tidal pool or something like that. It, so this is what the official Wave Wikipedia pool? describes it as: okay. a public outdoor swimming pool surrounded by facilities, part of a beach where people can swim, lie in the sun, or participate in water sports. Not like that. Okay, and what's it called? A lido. A Lido. Okay. No, that does sound familiar. I think I think I should get half a point for saying Lilo because I'll give you half pr- a point for that. Yeah. There's no there's no leaderboard anywhere though, I'm afraid. Um well, as long as usually, I have half a point, it's fine. Usually I'm on the receiving end of this from Andy. And I'll be totally honest, I struggle almost every time. So okay. don't feel bad in any way. I feel like I need to come up with a better way of describing the game because the amount of times I describe the game and then people still go, what are you on about? So I get it now that the game is rolling. <laughs> oh, you do? That's right. You only need one. Um, this one might be slightly different. So in suburban 1950s, uh, space radi- radiation turns the dead into zombies, all apart from a homeless person who drinks excessive amount of cheap wine or other alcohol. A wino? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a wino. Wino Junko. A wino Junko. And that's slightly different because I, I, cha- I, I changed the letter there. And the last one I would do would be Lilo, just for you. But you've got that right. right. So. Yeah. So that's all good. Um, There we go. You got them all right. <laughs> no, I did not. I did not get Dido. We've got... uh The last thing we've got to do, Will, is just rate the movie from... A to F, pluses and minuses are allowed. Rate good, okay. rate bad. Uh, where do you think you would fall on that scale for Fido? I give Fido a solid C plus. Okay, okay, that's pretty. Uh, I mean, care to elaborate on that? Do you just think just because it's a maybe a B minus? Yeah, I'll give it a B minus actually because there's a lot. B minus. Yeah, there's a lot in this. Uh, the world building, I I love. I love just this world. Um, I don't think that the main story itself is the best story for this world. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think all the other side stories, and I just wanted to know more about what was going on with this this zone and, and this, that, and the other. So I'm here for the universe they've established. I wasn't really here for the story that they told. Mm-hmm. Um, and I and I did feel a bit. Like there's when the movie starts, I'm super into the film. I love the the way they establish everything. But the moment I think he takes Fido to the park uh, is when I I'm like mm, I didn't really see like this is not exactly what I was picturing for this. But and look, yeah. it, it still averted my expectations. It's and I any movie that can if I can't guess what's going to happen next, I 
pretty much genuinely enjoy because there's nothing worse than the than sitting and watching something where you know exactly what's going to happen case in yes. point i just watched that new movie tim on netflix where it's like a, a robot uh that's living with like a couple and like he ends up being a you know a crazy murderous robot and me and my wife sat and we were like we called the whole plot as the film was happening, even to the last line used in the movie and everything, and it's like such a bore when that happens because yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, where's the fun? It's like, come on, I'm trying to be entertained here. But yeah, a solid B minus. Uh, I love the aesthetic of the 50s. I think all the acting in the film is tremendous. The child acting is great as well. I just it's missing a little extra something for me. But yeah, B minus, I'd yeah. say. I wasn't trying to nudge you higher than 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 c plus uh i I think i was being too harsh for the c plus anyway so b minus i i had down like b slash b minus um because as i said i think i've seen it before and i enjoyed it as much this time around i think the world building is really good it reminds me of of stuff that i really enjoy like like fallout that we already mentioned um and yeah it kind of establishes rules that that it would be really interesting to find out more about in 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 other like in in whether there was a sequel or like a mini series around that world Mm. i'd be I'd be game to watch it. So, and the performance of Billy Connolly is great as well. The fact that it's just such a weird person to have playing that role. I know he, I know he's been in movies, but it just feels kind of odd, doesn't it? But it I like sense. it. I think it's a really good performance. So I think, yeah, maybe B minus is probably fair because um, it's a very unique zombie movie as well. So uh, there we go. Fido, what a what a time! Um, so thank you uh, for joining us, Will. Where can our listeners find out? more from you and all the projects you're working on obviously i will put the link to the kickstarter in the show notes as well okay uh anybody can find me on any of my social media which is usually at robson inc and that's r-o-b-s-o-n-i-n-k um and you can see me working on whatever i'm drawing for marvel and dc Uh, currently i'm drawing howard the duck for his 50th anniversary uh, which comes out in november i believe and it's a short little story, which is a what if story. What if how the duck was Star Lord? So I'm drawing the Gardens of the Galaxy and, and oh how God. the duck, and it's a lot of fun and silly, silly shenanigans uh, ensue. So you can see stuff like that there. Uh, please, obviously, check out Outbreaks on Kickstarter. Uh, as I said, like just because we're funded, the train doesn't stop here. As we continue to get more money coming in the stretch goals get unlocked which means free content for people i'm talking free trading cards uh we got free um uh upgrades to the book and uh behind the scenes uh the the my brain's not working right now uh the uh what's it called <sighs> the director's cut which is when you get to see just the pencils yeah. of everything you get to oh. see the kind of like behind Very the funny. scenes work of the book um uh, and I said more trading cards uh, and eventually if I raise enough money then I will write and draw a whole extra story in the book absolutely for free because one of my goals is is that when you back this project and we get overfunded you're going to get more bang for your buck I'm happy to just take that money and give it right back to people so they feel that it's Amazing. truly a worth time experience backing this project so thank you everybody that's back so far thank you for backing so far mate I appreciate that very much you're welcome and backing the first campaign as well Thank you so much for that. And yeah, so check me out on those places. And if you would like to read a story for free from Outbreaks, head to my website, speechcomics.com, and you can read Dead Eye Dick Chapter One absolutely for free. Uh, and if you like that, that's the type of thing we're going for in our book, then head on over to the Kickstarter and back for yourself. Amazing. 
highly, highly recommended. I'll put links to everything that was just mentioned in the show notes. So go and check them out. Uh, so there we go. Thanks, everybody, for listening. If you enjoyed the show, become a patron over at patreon.com forward slash horror hangout. Thanks to our current patrons, including John Crinan, Stephen Christopher, Toby Miller, Pazuzu, Lane Spencer, Ollie Child, Leslie Carlo, Julia Bilger, Nick Spill, Troy Burst, Rosalind Harnies, uh, and Ben Scaife. Did I say that twice? I don't know. I don't know why I read the list like from from down to up and then like halfway through I switched. <laughs> ah! What an idiot. Uh, okay. Um, thanks to Taj Easton for our theme music. Thanks to ACAS for hosting the show. Please consider giving us a rating or review. Head over to the Facebook group Horror Hangout Board of Advisors for more. We're on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook and TikTok. Just search Horror Hangout Podcast. You'll find us there. Next week, we're talking about Phantasm 2 with returning guest Aaron Truss and new guest director Jake West. So tune in for that one. And thanks again, Will. It's Thank you fun. for having me. I'll happily come on and chat more oh, zombies yeah. and more Resident Evil in the future. More zombies, more Resident Evil. But yeah, that has been a, a zombie extravaganza. That was a lot of fun. Thanks a lot, man. Cheers, mate. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.